Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So we're live now, by the way. Oh, cool. Yeah, I like that. Just, <laughs> so um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. Um, am, I, am I looking at the camera? No, no, no. No, no, no. Okay. Act like the camera's not even there, man. Okay. I like that. Um, so, hey, everyone. My name is Austin McCain, and I hike the Appalachian Trail. Nice, dude. I feel like you should be, like, really, really proud of that. I hope you're as proud of that as, like, I feel you should be. What was that, 5,000, 3,000 miles? Uh, 5,000 is a stretch. So um, the whole trail is uh, 2,193.8, and I ended up doing 1,925 of those miles. I had a really uh, strict cutoff date. I had to be back uh, to start my graduate assistantship. I'm currently getting my MBA uh, in business data analytics at WKU. Oh, nice. So had to be back, had to start that job um, if I have the job, I, I get a, a subsidized ex- education. So that's really yes. nice. That's awesome, man. So what I saw you were doing something before that. What Because you went to Austin P for a little bit. Sure. What were you doing before you hiked the trail? Yeah, good question. So um, prior to leaving the Appalachian Trail, I was a district executive for the Boy Scouts of America, where I primarily did recruitment for... Um, I guess you can call them uh, units. Um, I called them accounts. Um, I was an account manager, essentially. Okay. Um, and I primarily did fundraising in the south suburbs of Nashville and Williamson County, Brentwood, Franklin area. Uh, and then I also recruited volunteers uh, to, to lead our units during the school year, and specifically during COVID. So okay. um, fundraising during COVID was extremely difficult. Yeah. Um, because um, I don't know if you know, about 30% of the state's wealth is in Williamson County. Um, so if I don't fundraise, people don't have jobs. Um, so that's what I was doing prior uh, to hiking the AT. Damn, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a, that's a heavy responsibility, um, especially with COVID. Like, so I imagine you guys saw a decline in members. Yes. During COVID. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because from what they say, you know, they say a lot, but. Uh, it doesn't spread as much outside, and that's primarily where the scouts focus mm-hmm. their activities. So it kind of sucks to see that like something like that would dwindle. Yeah, about I, I think we had a about a third hit uh, of our membership, which was unfortunate. Um, wow. We, a lot of questions were how do we successfully do events outside, and how do we um, give our members the best. Um, foundational experience that we can, right? Our goal is to prepare youth throughout their lifetime, and we do that through um, outdoor activities, right? We're not right. just a group that does outdoor activities. We, we teach lessons through those activities. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So were you, a, were you in the Scouts? I was. I'm, a, I'm an Eagle here out of uh, Clarksville, out of Troop 525. Wow. Nice, dude. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I cut off Scouts at, at, uh, at Weeblos because we ended up moving to New York, and all my friends were back here, so... Um, I'd ask you more questions, but I have a feeling this is about you asking me questions. You can ask me whatever questions you I want. I like man. that. I like that. I uh, so how so I had the the opportunity to actually hike through New York while I got to see most of the the scenic areas of New York. Um, when you moved there, right? What what was that like? Um, I didn't live in the city. Okay, yeah. I lived at Fort Drum. Okay, uh, near Watertown. Got it. And Syracuse. So um, military family, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we were actually closer to Ontario than we were to Syracuse. Got it. It was quicker to get to Canada. 
than it was to actually travel across. Which people underestimate how big New York is. Oh, like, it's huge. When we made it into Buffalo, when we would come, when we would go back up there from here visiting family, we it would take us a whole day. Like we'd stop in Buffalo and then continue on to Watertown, uh, like Watertown, Black River, Carthage, and then like Fort Drums right in the middle. Mm-hmm. But dude, New York is the shit. Oh, I absolutely hated New York. You hated it? Because it was <laughs> right. cold? Well, no, actually, um, dead heat of summer. Okay. Um, I love summers in New York. It was it, and it, it was the most deceiving um, elevation that we had seen in quite some time. So up until Pennsylvania, um, once, you hit, once you get past Virginia, pretty much every state is super flat. Um, but once you finish Pennsylvania and you get into New York, New Jersey... It just takes you for a whirlwind because now you're back to really like super high elevation gains. Yeah. So New York just it kicked my butt. For I, sure. d- I didn't get to do any hiking when I was up there because I lived there from like the age of like 10 to 11. Mm-hmm. And then we my parents split and then we moved back down here. Yeah, sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm, I'm, same. I'm, I'm glad it happened because sure. then my life wouldn't be what it is now. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Right? Exactly. Um, but I, I'm, I'm upset that I didn't get to experience like the Adirondacks, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the wilderness in northeastern America is beautiful. Oh, it's amazing. You know, yeah. like it, it very, very by like a, by like a long shot. Well, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't say this. We got the, we got the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee, you know, and those are cool. I've been there. Yeah. Okay. You're saying the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Got it. Yeah. 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 So, but there's just something about like that that New England autumn time that like it, it has a right to be romanticized because it's so beautiful, you know. Uh, so if the job market wasn't so terrible, I, I probably would have lived up there after I graduated. But you can't find a job in northern New York. <laughs> and on, on that, right, I think that the Northeast has a lot of redeeming qualities outside of, I guess you can call it this this really fast-paced culture Um, yeah but there's there's so many remote parts of right new york that people just kind of forget about yeah um and you know i i have some friends that that live out west and i joke with them all the time like they have the best views in this country yeah until you go to maine or until you go to new hampshire you really don't know like you can't you can't go tit for tat um because i don't know how much you know about the west coast um but literally every climb, you have the best view in the world, whereas like the Appalachian Trail was just a green tunnel most of the way. Okay. Uh, until you got up to Maine and New Hampshire, and you're getting on these really large rock faces, and you have these stunning views that uh, that the West Coast gets to see every single day. So like you have to work for the views on, in the Appalachian Trail, the right. Appalachian Mountain Range. Yeah, I think the unfortunate thing about like the northwestern part of America is all the drug trafficking that goes through that part of the, you know, Northern California, Oregon, Mm -hmm. Washington type of thing. Sure. And I'm not sure why it's so prevalent out there. I think it just kind of goes with the old Wild West kind of thing. But, like, that's another thing that I, like, fantasize about myself is, like, the... Not drug trafficking, right? No, not drug trafficking. (laughs) But, like, the pine trees out that way. Like, pine trees are, like, some of my favorite trees, you know, Mm -hmm. because, like, they're solid climbing trees. They're just really, really nice to look at. Do you like climbing? Um, you know, not, not since I, not since I got in the two hundreds. <clears throat> okay, weight wise. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was at like two fifteen before I hit the trail. So, 
Yeah, so that's that's another thing. Um, so the the CEO of Whole Foods, okay. he took a sabbatical and he hiked the Appalachian Trail. And he, that's really cool. One of the things that he talked about was how fit he got on on the hike. So, what kind of difference did that make for you? Like, it, could you even just like? I don't I don't wanna, I don't know the right word for it. Like, could you? I can give you a starting point. You can ask questions. Okay. Right? Yeah. I I think um, prior to hiking the Appalachian Trail, you do a tremendous amount of research and uh, preparation. And I knew for a fact that I was, I, I like to say I carried my weight pretty well. Like for somebody that was 215, I didn't really look 215. But right. um, I knew I was going to lose a substantial amount of weight. So before, like during the winter holiday, I really just went all out on eating. Like I'm talking Debbie cakes out the wazoo. Mm. It was it was a good time. Um, my wife had to put a padlock on her on her. Uh, she we have a I guess you can call it a sweet chest. Right. She put a padlock on it so I can't get into <laughs> it anymore. Um, but when I got out there, the really the best way to prepare to hike for the to hike the entire Appalachian Trail mm. is to just hike the Appalachian Trail. Right. Um, the conditioning. You, you really aren't conditioned fully to hike the trail until you've probably gotten into week three. Um, you're going, especially when you start in Georgia, the elevation is, um, let's just call it 5,000 foot of elevation gain over a really long period of time. So really you're only going over one or two peaks every single day for the first month. Um, whereas once you got up to the Northeast, you're going up four to five peaks every single day wow and because it's it's not as much elevation it's either it's like you go up a thousand go down a thousand go up a thousand go down a thousand whereas like in the smokies you're going up to five thousand and then you're coming down and then you got to go back up again yeah um i knew that it was going to take a lot of determination physically right a lot of people talk about um talk about like the physicality that it takes but really if you have the ability to put one foot in front of the other you can anybody can hike the Appalachian Trail that plus a little bit of you know mental stability because um towards the end I was going pretty bonkers um it was it was really taxing on on my mind and you know sometimes I was contemplating I was like is life even real at this point like, <laughs> like I was sitting there like my wife like she jokes sometimes and I'm sitting there and she's like man it doesn't even feel real right now and I'm like oh gosh Going back into that headspace <laughs> is not what I'm feeling I'm right still now. There. I'm still there. Um, but yeah, anything, anything that you have on uh, that you need to know about, like the physic, uh, the physical um, requirements of, of of hiking the trail. I'm, I'm not sure if I touched on everything, but so I guess you kind of did answer my biggest question was like the preparation part of it. You know, like you seem like there a fit any. guy. You know, like what kind of what kind of exercise do you do? I I don't want to 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 take a guess um, at at what your workout routine is, but I have a feeling that it doesn't as include as much cardio as I think it does. Um, does it include a lot of cardio? Am I wrong? What I do? Yeah. Uh, it takes like I do like some hit training every okay. day, but nothing like nothing like CrossFitters do. You know, yeah. like I, my coach because I, I signed up for a coach a while back, and he has me doing like. I'll carry that shield-shaped thing over there, like mostly stuff for my mobility. Got you know, it. like I did walking lunges today with an SSB bar, and that sucks. But like, I don't do that much cardio. I was, I'm prepping for a competition, and I think what I was getting at is, I don't 
do any cardio whatsoever. Um, and I've skipped leg day probably for the last seven years. For shame. I've, uh, <laughs> I've been very fortunate to be blessed with these wonderful legs and I'll forever be thankful for them. Yes. Um, but prior to, to hitting the trail, um, I really did um, a rotation of working out four days a week. It was usually just chest, back, shoulders, <laughs> lower back and then sometimes I would do superset Sundays. <laughs> okay. Um, but it was it was a pretty I I really enjoyed the size that I'm at and um for example the other day I just bought a new suit, put put that thing on and I'm like blowing out the shoulders. Right. So um I'm trying to to stay at a pretty consistent weight. Uh, I'm trying to tone more now and I was trying to to bulk a little bit more before hitting the trail. Right. Yeah. I've heard that it doesn't really matter what you eat on the trail oh God. as long as you just have calories. So let me give – ooh, here. Let me just like throw you this pitch right now. Okay. I've got this great, this great workout plan for you, okay? okay? I guarantee you that you'll lose 40 pounds. You can eat whatever you want, but all it takes is that you <laughs> hike a mountain every single day for 150 days for 10 hours a day. That's all you got to do, and you can eat whatever you want. Um, I already eat whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, are you interested to know what my diet was? I would, oh. I, I would love to know. <laughs> um, so for breakfast, I would pull out an 800-calorie honey bun, scarf it down. Um, for lunch, I would have one tuna packet, one spam packet. I'd have some sriracha, and I'd push up these spam singles like a, like a, like a push-up pop. Yeah. And I'd just cake that stuff, and then I would... Just chow down, and then for dinner, um, most of the time I, you know, for about half the trail I ate dinner. Uh, most of the time it was ramen packets or nor rice sides that are like ninety cents at Walmart. Right. Um, and then I just kind of got lazy, and then I started eating uh, Snyder's honey mustard pretzel bites and Sour Patch Kids for dinner. Okay. Um, and then throughout the day I ate five or six uh, like nut bars or. Um, Snickers bars or whatchamacallits, whatchamacallits. Snickers, Snickers are a go-to when it comes to anything yeah. physical, the, I think. The, the goal was just to burn as many cal like to get as many calories into your body as possible because you're burning anywhere from four to 6,000 a day depending right. on how much energy that you exert. I was very fortunate that I was able to go at a really consistent two-mile-an-hour pace no matter what the elevation was. So I wasn't hurting myself, but I was able to keep my heart rate up where I wasn't burning too many calories. Gotcha. So I, I, um, I probably ate the least out of all the people that I hiked with, um, but I was able, excuse me, but they, they exerted more energy because they were, you know, when they had the opportunity to fly, they were, they were running down the trail. Um, so I was always one of the last people to come into camp. And Yeah, that does seem a little silly to run when it's like, it's not a marathon. Or, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not a sprint race. It's, it's a marathon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was, I was very fortunate. Um, early on, I found a group of people that I really loved being around. And um, at the beginning of the day, we would start the day together. Throughout the day, we might see each other. Um, I would say 50-50. We saw each other throughout the day. And then some days, we would see each other at the end of the day in camp. So we just decided on what our end point was going to be that day, and that's where we finished. Okay. So, so it wasn't the goal of, like, let's just hike as far as we can every single day. Sometimes we did that. Sometimes we were like, hey, let's, let's see how quickly we can get to X spot. And if we're there at, like, 2, 3 p.m. in the afternoon and we're feeling it, let's hike an extra seven, eight miles. 
And then the, the trade-off is, is um, our opportunity cost there was that we had, like we didn't have as much time in camp that evening. Um, so we either hiked more and got to camp later, or we didn't hike and we got to camp earlier. We camp Getting in camp is, I guess you could say, just the reprieve for the end of the day. We sit down, we eat dinner. Um, our group, we like to play cards every night, so we played cards, I'd say, 75% of the time. Yeah. It was, it was great. I really enjoyed being able to have something to do at the end of a long day, and um, that's probably where we, we built our relationships was around the card table, cooking dinner and shooting the shit. Am I allowed to, am I allowed to cuss on this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm, cool. I'm, I mark every episode explicit. <laughs> really? Just in case, even if I didn't, if I didn't cuss that time or say fuck or anything like that. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, did you know any of these people prior to? Not, not a single soul. Really? That. Yeah, nobody. Um, all of these people came from all across the country, from different backgrounds. Um, have I? Have I mentioned that nobody goes by their real name on the trail? Yes, I, I read that in, in your Facebook post, and then I in the very first video you you posted. Yeah, no, nobody. It's it's like a world away from the world. Like nobody goes by their real name. Everybody has. I, I'm not not to be secretive about it. I think originally, um, to avoid being tracked on the trail, you know, 20, 30 years ago, people started using aliases and some weird name that nobody could track them by. But now it's just become a part of the trail culture. So I hiked with a group of six. Uh, we had Sweat Bucket. Uh, he sweated uncontrollably. Um, had the most active sweat glands of any man that I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, we had uh, Bee's Knees. Um, he was the shit. He was the Bee's Knees. He was the Bee's Knees. Uh, we had Achilles. Achilles worked at Walmart. And he split open his Achilles tendon by being a dumbass on, you know, those cart pushing machines. Oh yeah. 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 Achilles, if you're watching this buddy, you, you deserve this shout out. <laughs> uh, and he got cleared like less than a week before he hit the trail and started hiking with a, with basically a tender tour Achilles. Um, yeah. Did he make it? Oh, he did. hundred percent. Wow. What uh, the fuck? What a badass. Um, we had a gentleman named Vortex. He was from Texas, uh, on, on the trail. Um, you know, it's not always hiking. There's there we have stops in between to, to resupply, but there's there's certain stops that aren't necessary at all, and we call those vortexes. And it's when you stay in a place more than you probably should stay in that place. Uh, so vortex like to vortex, and when we would get to let's call let's we would get to a really awesome hostel, and this hostel sold a huge variety of beer. Uh, there was one in particular station at 19 East. Um, it was a bar just for hikers. It had like 80 different beer selections and it had a karaoke bar in the back with a stage and people would stay there for two, three, four days at a time and just be like, man, I really need to hit the trail. I really need to get back out because out there you're, you can do whatever you want. If you want to stay somewhere for 10 days, you can do that. I know, I know people that would get 10 days ahead of us and they'd take 10 days off and then come back out on the trail and they, we would be at the same spot. So did you have to like pay to stay at the hostel? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So hostels are, you know, when you think of a hotel, you think of like the Holiday Inn, right. Express, or you might think of a Marriott. Um, but a hostel, um, if those that aren't familiar haven't stayed in a hostel before, look at it as a niche place that serves a very specific community 
um, to, to provide temporary lodging. It's like a hotel, but it's not as large scale. Um, so every town had one or two hostels that supported hikers specifically. Okay. Um, and these hostels are, are what make the trail an enjoyable experience. I, I truly think there's the people on the trail that make it, but then there's also these hostels that live within a subculture. So for example, um, one of the first hostels that I went to was around the bend hostel in North Carolina. And we show up and there's, there's like six beds available, like four private rooms, a, a couple of like semi private rooms and all of them are booked like to, to the max. Um, but the owners of the hostel are like, cool, we're booked up for the night. Uh, who wants steaks tonight? And uh, everybody would pitch him money to go get steaks. And he's like, all right, who wants corn? Pitch him money to go get some corn. Um, and really, these these hostel owners are here for the hikers. They're not they're not there for you. You see hostels primarily in Europe, right? Um, but here in the United States, it, very rarely do you find a hostel that is able to stay open and and keep up their production. Um, and, and to make any profit. Uh, and on the trail, a lot of them don't make profit, and a lot of them are just retired people that love hikers so much that they have a hostel, and they provide space for them to, to, to have some reprieve from the trail, which can be exhausting. Yeah, it sounds like a good um, mental release because if you're, if you're hiking for the majority of the day where you might not even see the group that you're with until the end of the day, no. that's a lot of time inside your head. Yep, yep. Did, did you meditate at all before? Like, were you are you into meditation at all or, like, anything prior to the trail or anything yeah, like something that? something that I practice um, for the past two years now. I journal every day. Right. So um, journaling is my – one of my biggest fears is just, like, forgetting everything, right? Some, you, like, talk to your parents and you're like, well, I forgot that I did that thing, right? I, I don't want that to be me. I want somebody to, like – Hey, what do we do that day? And be able to flip to my journal and be like, well, this is what we, this is what I did at least that day. Yeah. Um, and when I left for the trail, I was right before I left for the trail, I was thinking, I was like, man, how am I going to, how am I going to journal? And so I said, well, why don't I challenge myself a little bit and do a video, a video blog, a video journal that I can put a QR code in my, in my physical journal. That way, if anybody wants to see what I did during that six month window, they have every single moment. Uh, that is recorded. Cool. So this the it it started out more for me than it did for anybody else. And then I had so many people that said, "Hey, I would love to follow your journey. If you post videos, I'll watch." And so I had like thirty or forty people that would watch every week, pretty pretty consistently. And um, now that it's over, I plan on you know eventually adding to that account again whenever I go back out. So. You, so you plan to go out to the trail again? Oh, I plan on finishing, yeah. Okay. I have, I have about a little less than 200 miles left. So give it 14 days and I'll be done. I'll finish the entire thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not too bad. No, no, no. So. Man. I don't know, man. It's, it's insane to me Like to imagine how long were you out? Three, five? Five months. months. Five months. Five months. I don't know I'm getting three and five mixed up that's so much. Fine. Um, so you almost kind of did like a, almost like a technology detox aside from uploading your videos. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I guess I would say I am above, I'm an above average 
technology user um, on a pretty regular basis. I'm more addicted to my emails than I am anything else. Um, ever since I graduated college, I haven't really participated in, in the gram. You know, uh, I have a lot of friends that are still on Facebook that I'm able to communicate with. And, right. Um, I, I really enjoy seeing their updates, their life updates specifically, right? I think Facebook has become a, a good forum for us to see, like, how are, how are other people doing? And that's why none of us are going to need a high school reunion. You say that. You say that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Somebody from the class of 2012 posted today. I don't know who it was. Uh, are you 20? I'm 2013. 13. Okay. Somebody from 2012 was like, hey, are we doing our 10-year reunion this year? And then that post like blew up. A lot of people commented. And they're like, oh, has it already been 10 years? And My wife graduated from Northeast. Did she? Yeah. she. Okay. She's two years older than me. Is it, is it Peyton? Peyton. Yeah. She she was Peyton Patch, and she was a cheerleader. Um Ooh, but yeah, you married a cheerleader. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when I was that skinny little emo kid, uh, I thought you were a very cool kid, Eddie. Thought I, you were a cool kid. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm much happier with myself now. <laughs> I think we all should be. Right? Yeah, I absolutely. Think, I think that's something we work if, towards. If you're not happy with yourself, if you're not happy with yourself now, then you were in like in high school or even college. Then like, did you peak in high school? You got to change something, man. Like. <laughs> Like, this is where real life begins, and it really gets fun. I mean, we're just getting started, buddy. What, you're know. 26, I'm 25. Yeah, I'm 26. Yeah. yeah. I'm you, not who, even in my 30s yet. Who knows where this is going to go? I'm, I, dude, I'm, I'm hoping, man. I don't know. It's, if, there, if there's one thing that it's really done for me is, like, I've gotten to reconnect with a lot of people. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I saw, what is it, Devin Mace and... No, Devin, Devin Watts. Devin Watts, sorry. Devin Why Watts. did I say Mace? Because he, he was in your class. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Man, I'm terrible. Uh, I saw a couple people on there that I knew, or at least the names I knew. Yeah, I, I've, I've had a few people on. I had some people that I met up in New York on. Uh, I, I don't know if he still listens, but my buddy Nick, shout out to Nick. He he was one of my first uh, over-the-computer guests. I don't like to do those a whole lot. Like This is a lot more personable to me. No, I like this. Um, this you know, I was super excited when you reached out. I had your, your name on my to-do list. I was like, man, I got a whole long list of to-dos. and I'm glad you reached out because... That allowed me to prioritize it a little bit more. I was putting it off as well because I'm like, man, I'm sure he's busy. He's, you know, he's got got a new job going on and all that stuff. So that's what everybody thinks, right? Everybody thinks you're busy when you come back off the trail, but then you realize before the trail, you literally stopped everything. And when you come back, you're like, man, I'm bored. Yeah, like it's kind of up to you to get the stuff started yeah, again. Yeah, and it's that was really hard. Yeah, like first week, I was just bored out of my mind. <laughs> I was going. I, 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 I do feel like, though, like there's an aspect of adult life that some people still haven't gotten to. Sure. You know, because, uh, you know, we're in our mid-20s. You know, some people are still doing their own thing or w- whatever they decide to do. Everyone's kind of going at their own pace. Yeah. But, like, I don't hang out with anybody. This is my hanging out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't have time between extracurricular with kids my own, uh, like this has it consumed my life. Did, did I see so, like your one of your kids is in like martial arts? Yeah. Like, so my oldest is in karate. Yeah. Cool. He's got a tournament coming up on October second. Cool. Yeah. I look forward uh, to hearing the results of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like little kids like he's gonna do kicks and obstacle courses and stuff. But it's like I want to encourage him to compete because I I compete myself. Um, sure. But it's just like keeping up with the house, mowing the grass, like working overtime at work, like. It's a lot. Now that you're an adult, do you enjoy mowing the grass? I used to. Uh, I used to when I first got the house. Got it. 
Now it's kind of like mm. I got more stuff to do. Got it. <laughs> the only thing though is like I can put in my headphones and listen to a podcast. I can kind of like zone out. Yeah. You know, and plus when you get done at the end, you know, you stand on your deck, you look out at the lines. You're like that's mine. <laughs> that's mine. I, I did those lines. That's me. Yeah, and you bring up a good point of like just being able to like put in a podcast. So on the trail. I mean, that's that's what I did every day. Uh, well, I primarily listened to books, so I didn't listen to music, but maybe once or twice on the trail. Okay. Um, which I've never been a music guy. I don't know why. Uh, other than like in high school, I really enjoyed musical theater. I still do. I, I think it's something like the only music I listened to on the trail was Hamilton, like the Hamilton soundtrack. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was that was really it, and I did that maybe three times. Um, but. I listen to books every single day, anywhere from like personal development books to probably like four of those, um, Obama's autobiography, which guys, if, if you like, you're, you're sitting here, if you haven't listened to Barack Obama's autobiography and it's narrated by him, you gotta do it. You just gotta do it. Um, because it, like he's so vulnerable and talking about like, this is what I messed up and this is what I could have done better. Um, and he acknowledges like some of like the harsh facts of life and you're like, Oh, I have harsh facts in my life too. Yeah. Um, with such just a, a recognizable voice. Um, a lot of uh, game of Thrones. I listen to the game of Thrones series Oh man! every single day. Oh man. 40 hours per book. Um, and I still didn't finish them. Really? Yeah. Well, I should have started them when I first started hiking, but instead I did the entire Hobbit series um, I did all of those. Like that was my first. Oh man! Within the first month. Um, those are so boring too. Are they? They can get so boring. They can, but if you have the right like, narrator. I guess the yeah. Hobbit is my favorite, and I sure. I read Fellowship of the Ring. Sure. Then I got the Two Towers, and I was like, dog, I don't care about the songs. I don't care about the songs. The songs are really okay. I can see how that could be stupid, um, but the narrator is super funny about it, and. Yeah. Of course, this was written in 1927, so... It was, yeah. I think so. I think those are the right years. Yeah, but Game of Thrones, I read that... Sick. Dude, I read that 2017. Took me six months to read all, all the books, all five books. You read all five in six months? I, I read all five in six months. What did you have to do? I, re, I read Did you work. have kids at that time? Uh, my oldest was born, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, but I read at work. Okay. So, like... And at the time, I wasn't a team leader. I was. I didn't have any sort of like leadership role. Yeah, responsibility. Yeah. So I would stand at my workstation and I would read. Are you still trained? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. I'm a, I'm a team leader on one of the lines. No, don't. <laughs> it's, yeah. boring. it's boring. How many How many people that we graduated with are actually in like leadership roles or responsibilities? You know, I, I'm 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 a glorified screw pusher. You say that. <laughs> um, it's a job. You know, like sure. it, it's, it, I don't know. It's what I'm doing. <laughs> do you enjoy what you do? Very little. Okay. It's from I time mean, to time. I enjoy the people. Okay. I got some homies, yeah. you know, but other than that, it's like, uh, people, people. I, I got to order wires and all that other garbage, make sure people are doing their job. Yeah. And that's the worst part of it is <laughs> being like telling another grown adult, like, why aren't you doing your job? Oh, well, you know, I was... No. No, 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 no. No, no, mm. Go over here and do this because that's what you're supposed to do. And then I'm going to go over here and do this. And when I come back, I want to make sure that this is done. You know? Sure. Like, it, it's sim simple stuff. But, like, 
I, I, I think that like the important thing to do when you get into adult life and you're working a career or whatever, if it's not necessarily most fulfilling, is finding stuff that you love to do outside mm-hmm. of your job. Like, yeah. don't let your job be who you are. Mm-hmm. I'm a not. Lot, a lot I'm, of people. I, I'm not a team leader. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad. I'm a strong man. I'm a podcaster. You know, like, it's. I don't know. Yeah, I it, mean, it's it's it's. You identify with certain traits. So, like, a lot of people like pigeonhole themselves, right? People say, yeah. like, I am X thing. Well, I. So one of the books I read. Um, over the summer, uh, Atomic Habits. Uh, it, it talks about like how do we use identities to like create strong habits. So like, I am like, I often say I am somebody that like appreciates and participates in physical activity. Right. I'm not pigeonholing myself into saying I'm somebody that works out every day or I'm somebody um, that is super buff that's going to weigh 225 pounds. Like I'm really broad with with um, with what I want to do, and that is participate in physical activity on a frequent basis. Right. And so long that I hit that, that objective, or if I look back and I say, well, I, I haven't really, you know, really hit my mark. Maybe I should work on this. If people are identify, if people are able to identify a broad spectrum of what they believe in and, and who they are, then I, I think people find a lot more freedom in the things that they want to do. I agree. And for your own mental health, like if you try to stick to one thing, mm-hmm. you know, then you're going to drive yourself crazy because you're going to be um, focused on, that aspect of your identity, I gotta make sure I'm a dad. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, because I promise before you were a dad, you were so much more than that. Or maybe you weren't, and that sucks, but like, maybe you didn't get a chance to find yourself. And that's something that's really important that, like, especially a lot of parents miss. You know, like, it's easy to fall into the rut of, like, okay, wake up, go to work, come home, put the kids to bed, hop on the game, watch a movie, mm-hmm. and then not get enough sleep yourself. Sure. You know? And when you start, like, uh, do you ever listen to Jordan Peterson? Okay, so he wrote a book, I think it was called, like, The Twelve Rules of Life. And one of his rules is take care of yourself like you are somebody you have to take care of. Is it, it's not, um, it's not The Twelve Habits of Highly Effective People, is it? No. No, okay. No, no, no. This is a different uh, philosophical thing. Got it, okay. The book was very dry. Because he is a philosopher, and philosophers, I don't think, have, like, the greatest sense of humor. And, uh, but that kind of, like, stuck with me because it's like, if, if you're not going to take care of you, nobody's going to take care of you. Like, my wife can, like, bolster me up. My wife can do, like, a little, you know, a few things for me. But as far as, like, anything that's going to get me through my life, like, you, you have to do it, mm-hmm. you know? And stop making excuses for not doing the things that make you happy. Sure. You know. Nobody's going to tell you how to live your life. No, Ex- exactly. Nobody, nobody's going to take care of you except for you. And I, yeah. think, I think something that a lot of people need to do as well is not take themselves so seriously. Sure. Yeah. You know. And I have a heart. I have a, I'm, I'm bad about that. You know. I'm bad about taking myself serious. Like too serious where like I can't like be goofy sometimes. or like or or even like um i it's overused but like the imposter syndrome thing sure it's like you shouldn't be doing this because you're not worthy of it yeah well it's like fucking who decide that who decided that you know like one thing I, i i do is like if i'm doing something little like an ice bath for like my training then like am i taking it too seriously but then it's like 
who cares? That's just what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? So. Are, are ice baths enjoyable? I, I like them. Okay. I've never taken one, and I'm just, one? like, absolutely terrified because there's a couple times on the trail where, um, like, especially at the beginning, my feet were just absolutely swollen. I rolled them, like, three or four times. Mm-hmm within like a two hour window, maybe 15 times a day. And I'm like, all right, man, this is, this is about, I'm about over. I get to a Creek. I put my feet in a Creek and it, it's maybe 40 degrees and I'm dying. Like, I feel like my foot is about to fall off and I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Um, and it hurt more by putting it in the water than it did by like, than me just like suffering through my, what about after you took it out of the water? I, man, I can't say that I, that I felt any different. You don't think so? No. After about the first couple of weeks, my feet didn't hurt ever again. Okay. Yeah. So I was very fortunate, but man, I just, I felt like the ice was overwhelming or at least maybe, and maybe in an initial shock, I didn't give it much of a chance. Maybe. I don't know. I try to like, if I'm taking an ice bath, I don't do it every day because like the water's hot here and Mm -hmm. I have to get like 44 pounds of ice. I I have a, I have a literally, I have a 55 gallon tub out back. That I like, I, I'll flip it over and I'll drain the water. But then is, it, is it like a cow trough? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like a big plastic, black plastic tub. Got it. And um, put I'll, some, I'll put, some, put, I'll put, put a lot of beer in there. there. So what? You can put a lot of beer in you there. You could put a lot of beer in there. <laughs> um, but I'll put the hose in there. I'll dump 44 pounds of ice and then I'll let it fill up until I think it's good. And then I'll get in and it'll be cold. My son will hop in. You know? <laughs> That's wild. Oh, yeah. He surprised me when he did that. He, he was like, can I get in? I was like... Sure. sure. Do what you got to do, bud. He's out there in his gym shorts, and he's like, all right, here I go. And, <laughs> and he puts his foot in. He's like, it's too cold. I said, okay, if you don't want to do it, bud, that's fine. That's on, that, you know, whatever you whatever you need to do. And he was like, no, daddy, I'm going to do it. I said, all right, bud. And he actually got in and, like, crouched down and, like, hugged his knees. Is that what you're and, supposed to do? And I was like, I, I mean, I can't do that. Like, I, like, I just got, I, I You lounge. can't touch your knees anymore? <laughs> oh, I can <laughs> I just lounge. Like, I, I try to, like, submerge as much of my body in there as I can. Yeah. Uh, but he hunkered down, and I was like, all right, buddy, like, look at my eyes. Let's focus on our breathing, okay? And he's like, all right. I was like, good, good. You're doing great. And I was like, dunk your face. He dunked his face and he jumped up and was like, I got to get out. And I was like, okay, <laughs> cool, man. But I told him it's, it'll make his muscles bigger. So he's going to pretty much do anything <laughs> to make his muscles bigger. That's um, really, I, uh, I like big muscles. <laughs> big muscles. I like it. Big, it, makes big, me, it makes me happy. Having big muscles is, is a lot of fun. It definitely, it makes life harder, but also easier. Oh my gosh. I, the amount uh, I don't know if I'm a medium or a large. Like when I left, I was a, a clear large. Okay. I came back. I was a medium, and now I've like give it give it three weeks, <laughs> and I'm just I'm already starting to blow the back out a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, man, I don't want to go back to larges. I don't have any. Yeah, I, I, I'm in two XL now, and apparently, um, a lot of guys are in two XL because I can't ever find shirts of my size. Really? Yeah. And like this one, like this is a two XL, but I got it from Target, and apparently they don't pre-shrink their shirts. Yeah. So you bought it, and yeah. So it's like kind of like a extra large and a half. Okay. So, yeah, I it's can... that's why. Like you mentioned the suit, I haven't got suits because I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tailor a suit to my size now because I'm not I don't plan on stopping. Yeah, I'm bigger. a little bougie. I mean, I would I would be too if I knew I was going to be able to fit a suit for more than a year. <laughs> I don't know. The, the last pair, I was at a wedding, um, 
and um, it was a Brooks Brothers suit. Uh, my company paid for it. They paid for two, and you get and you just got you just got to take care of them. And it was one week before I was finishing up that contract, and I showed up to a buddy's wedding, and uh, I, I was in a fraternity in college. Uh, my fraternity brothers were all there. It was one of one of the guys that I joined with. Excuse me, and. Uh, at the end of the night, people got a little rowdy, and there was a swimming pool, and everybody was like <sighs> picking each other up and throwing them in. And one of the guys like tried to pick me up, and I was like, "All right, I'm a, I'm a pretty stout guy," and I was like, try, and I just like hunkered down, and I blew out the crotch on this this five hundred plus dollar suit. Um, and my seamstress, I have a, a family seamstress, I guess you could say. We've been friends for a, a long time, and she was barely able to fix it, and it's about time for that thing to go and so i just got a new suit probably uh, last week yeah you wrestled in high school right i did i uh i really enjoyed it thought it was uh really good for for character building and um good lessons we just didn't have a, a really good coaching staff or at least a consistent coaching staff we had four different coaches in four years and uh, senior year, we had Coach Haley, and I was like, "Man, I ain't about it." I'm sorry, Coach Haley. Also, I like I got mono, and I missed out a lot on conditioning. Like it really kicked my butt. Um, I remember, I was just every day after school, I was like, I would just hit a wall, and I couldn't do anything for the rest of the day, and that happened for at least a month. Um, and then I finally got over it, and I just wasn't in the same shape that I was in. Right. And uh, after. Uh, I went to the preseason match, kicked some butt there, and then I, after that I just I quit. Um, or at least I, I said I couldn't do it anymore and focused on musical theater and, and speech and debate and, and with Mr. Bradley Hudson. Yeah, doctor. Dr. Bradley Hudson. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a friend. I guess I can call him Brad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you can call him Dr. Hudson. My little brother actually just graduated high school this year, so he... Yeah. He, uh, well, that's, that's weird. That was seven years ago that we graduated, or at least that I graduated. Yeah, my little brother just graduated, and Brad is still his his principal. And so you've talked to him since graduating. Yeah, yeah, not not much. I would say let's call it handful of times. He came to my uh, my college graduation. Okay, brought me some. Uh, actually, I think he got some. What is it? Buffalo. Buffalo Trace. Yeah, Buffalo Trace. He brought, he brought you Buffalo uh, Trace. He brought some Buffalo Trace. He's like, I figured I can do this now. And uh, yeah. came to my college graduation. Uh, my, my parents surprised me, and they invited him. Andrew Knowles, uh, I talk to Andrew every once in a while. Um, now he's the assistant principal at my sister's school at Montgomery Central. So. Yeah, so my, my uh, brother and sister-in-law were involved in a lot of extracurriculars at Northeast mm-hmm. uh, between, like, uh, my sister-in-law did choir, and then my brother-in-law did band. He ended up being a uh, drum major. Oh, cool. Good for um, him. So what, I said good for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so Mr. Knowles was at my in-laws a lot for, like, graduation party or whatever. Yeah. And there was one time I tried to call him Andrew. I was like, Andrew. And he turned, and I was like, fuck, I'm sorry. I can't do this. <laughs> I, 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 I was going to do it as a joke, but I, I just can't. And it just it just felt weird. So <laughs> even like yeah. I would go to Northeast to like watch a performance, and I'd see you know Dr. Hudson. And I'd be like, that's, that's just Dr. Hudson. Like it's not Bradley. To me. Brad, Bradbury. I forget. Uh, I forget that his name is is Bradley. Yeah. That was the only teacher that I like really looked up to in high school. I feel like a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, because he was very consistent, and although you may not have agreed with him, or you may have seen his, you may have been, let's call it, 
the rebellious type. Even when I like, I like, I went off on him one time, and he was just very consistent in how he like approached me. And he's like, "Man, you're just being irrational right now." And um, I would like to have a conversation with you when you're ready to have that conversation. And I was like, "Dang it!" Made you feel stupid. <laughs> Maybe it, it, it makes everybody the, just how well he was. He composed himself and uh, how he took on critical conversations. Well, what you thought might have been a critical conversation. He saw it as an opportunity for you to grow, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was, man, because it, it, it was it was weird for me because I I didn't ever respect teachers like I should have ever. I was a shit. I got I, I got that impression. Yeah, I was a shithead in school. <laughs> you know, like I was I was a class clown. I was always talking. I was always trying to you know make jokes, whatever. If I didn't care about the class, yeah. I didn't care about the teacher. You know, sure. And as an adult now, like I see, like that was pretty wrong. You know, but then for some reason, the first theater class I walked into, like with Mr. Hudson, I was like, this is a no-nonsense guy. Like, any time that, like, he would have been upset with me, I was like, fuck, I, re- I really messed up, man. Like, I never wanted that guy to be disappointed in me. No. And you never, never used your first name either. I like that, too. That's it, because it puts you on an even playing field of respect. No. You know, like, he's like... Pretty pretty much like I'm showing you respect, so you show me the same amount of respect. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is the line right here, and it's 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 never gonna get crossed. He called so. me by my first name one time, and it was it was a very tearful moment. <laughs> I, I feel like that would almost be like your parents calling you by your full name. Yeah. Oh, know? ooh, no, no, no. Well, that you feel like it might be a bad thing, but it was a very endearing moment where he used my first name, and I was like, okay. I was like, oh, this is this is something. This is a this is a core memory. <laughs> 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 if anybody's ever seen Inside Out, uh, core memory. Yeah. That, some... that movie made me sob, dude. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple movies I would. I'm probably guilty of that. What is it, Old Yeller? <laughs> I was, I was, I was like six years old when I first watched that movie in school. In school. So then Old Yeller. Where the got red fern shot. grows. Oh, I didn't. I never watched that. Ooh, one. Good. It's a good. <laughs> when, when Old Yeller got shot, when I watched that shit in school. Did you guys read the book first? No. Okay. No, but like, I couldn't like, couldn't show people I was crying. So I couldn't cry. Like there's <laughs> there's a few there's a few moments in my life where I wish I could have let my emotions pour out that kind of still stick with me. Sure. It was like Old Yeller, um, what was it? The, the Stone Fox or something like that. I don't know. It's where this kid joins a uh, a sled race to like save his grandpa's like farm or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's got one husky and one sled, and like he's going up against like teams of people. Yeah that are like professional sled racers and he makes it all the way to the end and right before he's about to cross his finish line and win his dog his dog's heart like just stops his dog dies right there and i was like i was in fifth grade when we read that story and i was like there's a dog theme here (sighs) fuck and like i but we were in the middle of class so I wasn't going to sit there and sob. (laughs) you know (laughs) like there's that and then like i don't know if you've ever heard of the book the road Oh yeah, you have. I think I think. Cormac McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you read the book. Yeah, dude, I was really going through it when I read that book. You were because I would take pictures of the saddest parts of the book. Didn't and I that would... also have a dog that? No, no. Um, maybe they like the boy talked his dad out of like killing the dog. Yeah. Okay. I know and then, like, remember at the end of the book, the dad dies. Yeah. And like. They've seen like horrendous shit, and like 
ever since I've become a dad, I've become a very emotional man. And like, yeah, it's good, dude. It's like, so I read this book and it is the saddest book I've ever read in my life. Like it, I have never had a book impact me like this book has. And I would take pictures of like the worst lines and I would like crop it and like blur everything around it so that you could only read that little bit. And I posted on, on Facebook to like, I was like, like maybe someone can like suffer with me because it was written like, and I finished the book at work and I couldn't cry because I like, because there was people around, you know, it was like the end of the day. I was like, all right, I got 15 minutes before I got a clock out. Let me finish this book real quick. And my buddy Daniel walked by me and he was like, Hey dude, I was like, Hey. And he was like, Whoa, are you okay? I was like, just, I can't talk right now. Hold on. And I finished the book and I stand up and he's like, are you good? And I was like, Like I had to collect myself and that's the first time that's ever happened to me. And I'm just scared to read another one of his books. The road is very interestingly written. Um, I'm sure you probably noticed that sentences were very long and you might get maybe two or three periods a page. Yeah. I remember that thoughts when a thought was supposed to end, that's when the period came. Right. Or when, 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 there was something that you needed to like switch your focus to. That's when the period came. So like you might have two or three periods a page with a ton of commas Yeah, ready. Just, I thought it was, I, I remember there was, there was a point where they like went into the house and they were looking for food and am I, am I, am I on the is right? That, is that the one where they f- like in the basement where they saw the people with their legs cut off? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that was wild, man. Yeah. Some wild stuff. Yeah. And there's no quotations in the book. So there's no like, it was like, just an entirely you know, like, the, omniscient perspective. I have to watch you, said the boy. And like, that's it. Like there was no quotations and then it would switch. It would, it would hit another line. Then the dad would talk back and then the boy would talk. And, uh, I don't know, man. It's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lost for words when it comes to that book because I, before I read the book, my dad had watched the movie and I caught like glimpses of it. So I knew it was like, sad. I forgot there was a movie. Yeah. yeah with Vigo, Vigo Mortensen, the no. guy who played no. Aragorn. No idea. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I, uh, I just watched Lord of the Rings while I was on the trail. When I got to some hostels, I was like looking through their like really long DVD, uh, like it was just a huge, just like box full of DVDs and you're just like picking through. I wonder if I can find these. So yeah, I know, I know the actor you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I knew it was sad, but like, not that sad. I know it was that sad. All right, I didn't know it was like rape your heart out sad. If you had a book recommendation for me, uh, any genre, what would it be? Any genre? Any genre? Yeah. You want to get mind fucked? Mm. The last oh, when I oh, I'll tell you the last time I got mind fucked was when I. <laughs> When I decided to watch Fight Club while I was on the trail. Ooh, oh my God. Yeah. Was that the most? So you didn't know? I had no idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. I read that book too. Ooh. Yeah. But I saw the movie first. So I knew the whole time that like Tyler Durden was. Wait, wait, wait. If you haven't yeah. seen Fight Club by now, check yourself. But, but here's the thing. <laughs> like had somebody like ruined it for me ahead of time, maybe like. I don't think I, it would have had as much of an impact as it did on me because I was just sitting there and I just, I didn't know what to do. Like I, like when you're talking about Cormac McCarthy's the road, I'm, I'm sitting here just 
like staring at this table and I had just gotten into New Hampshire. I had one of the toughest days on the trail. My my thighs were chapped because it had rained for 14 consecutive hours. Oh, oh fuck. And I'm just sitting here and I just can't move and all I'm you're just like, wow, how, how could we let this like how how could I have not realized this sooner or why haven't I watched this movie sooner? Right. Like, I feel like it's such an impactful movie that uh, we talk about like being older and being more vulnerable and being more emotional, which I think that's like something we could have had. I wish I would have known to like have those characteristics like prominently like po- plastered throughout my life. I wish right. I, I wish that was there. Yeah. Um, I think your kids are super fortunate to have somebody that that's vulnerable and that's willing to share emotion and feeling. So that's super cool, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Man. So yeah. back to your book recommendation. Apologize. Mind fucked. Yes. I'm so into it. I'm into it. This is nonfiction. Are you about to give me some like true crime shit? It's more than true crime. Oh, God. So it's this book I read. It's the last book to have a a big impact on me other than McCarthy or Pet Cemetery or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Chaos okay. by Tom O'Neill. And it's about the Manson murders. Okay. And how he was probably an MKUltra operative. Excuse me. Gotta taste a little bit of that dinner. <laughs> um, yeah, Manson was probably an MK Ultra operative, and it was definitely set up by the CIA. And he was let to roam free to experiment with LSD on hippies. What? Yeah, That's and there wild. was definitely more than two. It was more than the Tate LaBianca murders. You know, because he the, chaos. The, the family killed Sharon Tate and Jay Sebring and. Um, yeah. uh, and if, if whoever else was in the house and then they went to the LaBianca house and they killed those people but there's also more that are not reported on that fit the MO of the family it goes way deeper than that it goes way deeper than that and how like MK Ultra was successful that's why it was shut down and this isn't just conspiracy theory. There's documentation to back all this up. Like, I'm very like hesitant to go into conspiracy theories because like you could go down a rabbit hole and you're like, trust me, man, open your mind. Like, anything is possible. But, like most of my Facebook friends, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you've, yeah, I, uh, yeah. For those that don't know, I'm a staunch liberal. So um, let's just make that clear. Uh, <laughs> we won't talk about politics, but yeah, <laughs> I've I've taken politics off of my Facebook, like. Good. My, my algorithm is memes and family. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Me- memes is definitely where I'm at in life. Yeah, is, me too. Uh, I am a meme lord, if you will. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so chaos, if you want to read anything like that. Um, I have a hard time remembering all the books that I've read. I just started reading, well, I don't, I don't, not just, I started reading it a couple of years ago, but I'm like slowly making my way through it as the uh, Inheritance series, uh, Aragon. You remember those books? Oh, Aragon. With yes. the dragon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they released one movie that apparently failed yeah, tremendously. Man, and... Dude, it deserves a remake. It deserves to be rebooted. Like yeah. that that series needs justice. But uh, I'm I'm on the fourth book. I'm not reading it yet. I'm reading Dune right now. Okay. Uh, by Frank Herbert. That's got a movie coming out in October. So, cool. I'm having a hard time like sticking to books though. I don't know what it is. Like none of them are drawing me in. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Maybe, hmm. I don't know. I don't. I, 
if I were to give you a recommendation, most of them would be like personal development books. Um, those are what I'm really into. If anything, like Atomic Habits, it's really short, sweet, and to the point. Um, and it talks about, right, I mentioned it earlier, like how do we identify with something and how do we... So like if I say I identify with physical activity, right. then I'm more likely to create habits that incorporate physical activity in my life. Whereas if like the, the theory that if somebody says, hey, like I'm a non-smoker, but they smoke, they're more likely to quit smoking because they identify as a non-smoker. Okay. Right. So we, we use our identity and we create identities and we create and we manipulate our actions to like fit that identity. So if I say, <laughs> by the way, uh, the trail will give you terrible gastrointestinal issues if you eat whatever you want. Um, one of the, my trail names that was potentially given to me was Belch. Um, okay. Um, people would count how many times I would belch in a day and that number would be upwards of 50. So Jesus. Yeah, it was, it was pretty intense and acid reflux is real. That's, that's probably the worst part about being an adult is, is, is the gastrointestinal issues. <laughs> uh, people complain about their lower back, right? If you do enough deadlifts, you won't have that problem. Um, but where was I at? I digress. You take probiotics or anything? No, I probably should. Yeah. 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 I, um, Let's see. What's the closest thing? I don't. I don't. I don't know anything about probiotics. All I know is that today I had skim milk mixed with uh, my vanilla protein powder, and that shit slapped. Like, if you have, <laughs> I if started mixing my shit with with water. Did well. You think about it, but like I'm like really into cold drinks. Uh, the only thing I drink hot is usually coffee, uh, sometimes tea. Um, but I really, really just love cold drinks. And so I just poured the milk in, I poured my protein powder, and it tasted amazing. Um, I don't know what it is, but cold drinks just hit differently. I, st- I don't know. I stopped drinking cold drinks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just My buddy Daniel started doing it, so I was like, maybe. Well, I, okay. I drink rain. You know rain, the energy drinks? No. I mean, I, I'm sure I've seen it at gas station. Yeah. I, I was a super against energy drinks. And I've been drinking only like water and coffee for so long, and I I quit drinking milk and all that stuff, and because it just I realized that like dairy made me really bloated. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want that. So I don't need it. Just I stop drinking. I cut sweet tea out of my life, and it's been the most, uh, it's been the worst thing that I could possibly ever imagine. That, I, I'd imagine that'd be a rough one to kick. <laughs> when I when I was on the trail, um, probably one of my my least favorite lines these days because i always feel like i'm talking about myself is like when i was on the trail on the trail on the trail Um, well that's what this whole thing is about man i want to hear everything about the trail well i'm going to try to relate it as much as possible i'll try to go back to it (laughs) Uh, we would go into walmart and we would resupply right um and although like in one of the things that we have to do is we have to filter our water so we get to a water source i have this large bladder i fill it up with dirty water i seal it off and then i put a filter on it and then i filtered into my water bottle not gonna lie the water's pretty pretty fucking great it's awesome well uh, I, yeah mountain water's awesome um sometimes you get down into like uh we call them gaps and a gap is just a a section between two mountains um so we'd get to a gap which is lower elevation closer to a thousand that's where the water gets a little sketchy but once you get above 1500 foot of elevation the water gets pretty nice so you, probably, you definitely want to catch the water on a downslope so that it's not stagnant or anything, right? 
I've taken water from everywhere. You don't. You're not really picky. Okay. You just take what you get. Did any of them give you the shits? Uh, I didn't. I I knew one one or two guys that really had a bad reaction, um, right before we got into Virginia, and those guys, uh, they it took them a day or so to recover, but they ended up finishing. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't come into anything anything bad. Um, nothing stagnant. Nothing. I didn't. I never picked up anything stagnant. Right. Uh, that, that's probably like rule number one. Um, but we'd get into Walmart's, right? And we would be like, "Man, how can we make this water taste better?" And I started getting like artificial peach tea zero sugar packets. Yeah. And I've been on a on a on a zero sugar peach tea kick. Um, <laughs> even even today, like I'll get some of the pitchers, and I'll drink it. But it's it comes nowhere close to to Southern sweet tea, unfortunately. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I, I was like, oh, fucking, like, energy drinks are terrible. But then, like, I let capitalist marketing get the best of me, man. And, it, it works. Yeah. And uh, Rain sponsors strongman events. Yeah. You know, and different strongmen. And I was like, oh, because, like, I don't like, for me, it's also like a culture. And it's an image thing. Like, people that drink, bang. Like, I feel like that's like the douchebag energy drink. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. It, Brad Castleberry. I don't know if you know who that is. No idea. Super big Instagram influencer. Uses fake weights and this shit. Like super jack dude. Like he's really like aesthetically pleasing, but he uses fake weights for a lot of his stuff. Yeah. And he is sponsored by Bang. Yeah. You know. And so I was like, well, I, I I'm not gonna jump on the Bang train. So I saw Rain with the Stoltman brothers, uh, which Tom Stoltman is current world's strongest man. Luke Stoltman just won Europe's. Yeah. And I was like. Fuck, an energy drink that like I, I would hope doesn't make me look like a douchebag. Like, so then uh, on my drive, actually, a, like I had gone to weigh in for a competition in Elizabethtown, and I stopped at a gas station. I picked up a rain, and like I drank it, and it actually like you enjoyed it. Punched my head. Like I was awake, and I was like, oh. Fuck, like this works better than coffee. So then, like, I was like, all right, but I can't make it a habit. And then I made it a habit. And now, me and my wife buy like a 30 pack of rain from Sam's Club and we'll drink that before our workouts. Uh, You're not into dry scooping? Like, no, it actually doesn't deliver the same if you you dry scoop. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming it hits you all at once and then you're done. I don't think it's not not spread out. It's the way, something about how it mixes with the water. Okay. Because I used to dry scoop. Uh, back when I was like lifting at the at the athletic club and everything, uh, but then like I also have a very high caffeine tolerance, so sure. even if I would like mix it in water, like it just would stop working. Sure, you know, um, I'm really into the, the like itchy face. Yeah, a lot of people complain about that. They're like, yeah. oh, I don't like how itchy makes me. I'm like, mm. I like if it works. Yeah. So then, if it makes me itch, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, um, but I stopped. I stopped. Scooping pre-workout a, a while ago. Yeah, I, I pretty much I, I take creatine and, and uh, protein powder now. Yeah. And protein just for like right at the end of the day. Did Walmart stop selling creatine? I went there the other day to get some and it's I not don't, there. You don't want that creatine. Yeah. You want some good creatine? Yeah. Get, cre- get creatine. It's like 20 bucks. Okay. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. It's it, capsules. Take two. Oh, okay. You take capsules. I yeah, always, yeah. I always took or, the powder. You, they have powder too. They have powder okay. too. But like... Uh, Two capsules, thirty minutes before you work out. Two capsules right after you work out, yeah. and it—I uh, didn't think it would make a difference, but it's pH corrected monohydrate, so it doesn't add a whole lot of water weight to you. Yeah, um, it's good stuff. I mean, I'm not gonna—I 
I had some pretty good results with, with like before when I was scrawnier, I started taking creatine from Walmart and that shit just yeah mixed I mean, with mixed with protein. Great stuff. Yeah, if, yeah. if it works for you, it works for you. Yeah, you but know? since then, I, I'm not trying to put on a lot of weight. I'm I'm really just trying to trying to build back better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, I mean when I came back, so I was down 40 pounds when I came back. Yeah. So, so you so what, what you said you were 215 when yeah, you started. Came came back at 175. And Jesus. Been been one month and I'm at about 185 now. Okay. So I've, I've gained about 10 pounds worth of muscle in the oh, past. That's month. not bad. No, and most of it is up here i lost a lot i started noticing that my arms were getting like really tiny yeah i wasn't busting out of my shirt anymore um when i started the trail i had a i had a more of a stretchy shirt uh something that kept me more warm warm during the winter time and then right. i switched over to a lightweight bug shirt um that i was able to roll up the sleeves and uh, i really just sent that thing to to shreds and whenever whenever it started getting hot man you just sweat and sweat and sweat and gosh a lot of i drank a lot of water yeah, I, I would. Probably. Did you do any like uh, electrolyte supplements with that? Uh, yes, yes, and no. Um, are you familiar with four C? Buddy, let me tell you. If there's anything, uh, if you go to Walmart, do you mean C four? No, four C. Okay. I people people often get them confused, but four C packets are probably the best thing. I've ever had in my entire life. Okay. Why? why? Uh, not only does it there's there's some that'll that'll give you electrolytes, but it also is it's it's like basically like powder energy drinks. Okay. Oh man, and it just it hits differently. And I remember I would I knew I was coming like I was about to hit my like my wall for the day, and you take that and you can hike for two more hours, no problem. Um, it was, it was kind of like the hack to get through a tough day was to take four C packets. Okay. And they have like orange and like blue raspberry. You know, did you ever have like Mountain Dew voltage? Yeah. Yeah. It's just pretty much that, but energy drink. Um, but it's, it comes in powder form. It's great stuff. That's what got me with rain is they have an orange dream sickle flavor. Dream sickle. Ooh. Dude, oh, it's fucking great. It's the best <laughs> rain flavor. I swear. Um, so when you were on the trail, um, you know, back on the trail, back on the trail. Uh, <laughs> did was uh, wildlife a concern, like any like predators or anything like that? Did you happen to watch my bear video at all? I didn't. There's, no, a, there's a bear. A bear video? There's a bear video. I'll, I'll go ahead and explain the story. This will probably be the highlight of the of the clip. Um, so uh, we had just gotten into Virginia, and we had hiked uh, Tinker Cliffs. Which is so there are three like really big hikes. It's called the Virginia Triple Triple Crown in in Virginia, um, cl- um, and the Tinker Cliffs is one of them. And there's a shelter right after Tinker Cliff. There's actually a couple shelters after Tinker Cliffs uh, that we ended up staying at, which is really cool. And uh, we had an awesome bear encounter. So we're uh, we get to the shelter. We start cooking dinner. It's a very popular um, some shelters. There's sometimes there's nobody at them but because it's such a popular site there was probably 30 people at the shelter um some people are in the shelter and some people are camping in the in the flat spots outside of it and this group that was just out for a weekend and they're sitting there cooking we we call it we call them gourmet gourmet hikers because they come out and they cook all the good stuff when we're just sitting here living off of ramen (laughs) um and these guys are cooking some good stuff and uh 
one of one of the girls that we see pretty much on a daily basis. Her name is Velcro. Uh, all you hear is, "Guys, there's a bear around!" And one of our uh, one of the other guys that we're with, his name is Fireman. He's just yelling, "Bear, go! Bear, go! Bear, go!" And like you're just like, "What's going on, man?" And there's this there's this juvenile black bear that is sniffing around camp and likes what he smells. Um, and so everybody's trying to scare him away. And eventually um, they get him on this cliff, uh, basically going up uh, this really steep hill. They get him and he, and he goes off, okay? Uh, and I'm able to get some pretty good footage of him. Um, and every night, of course, I, I film. Uh, so I go and I take my tripod, I put it on a tree, and I'm recording. And I say, guys, something really cool just happened. Uh, we just had our first bear encounter. It's taken like... 50, 60 days for this to happen. Super awesome. We got some good footage. And um, I get I get done and I, I'm sitting here re-watching my video and I look. And in the background of the video, there's this black object moving. And I'm like, what is that? And I zoom in and it's a bear. And I look behind me and not 30, 40 feet behind me, there's a bear stalking me. And I scream at the top of my lungs and I have all of this on camera. So like, if you guys want to check it out on my YouTube channel, uh, I got all of this unknowingly on camera. There's a, there's a bear stalking me uh, while I'm sitting here filming. And it was just the coolest. I think I had the coolest uh, bear story on trail. Most people are like, oh, I, I saw a bear fucking or, um, oh, hey, I saw a bear climb a tree. I saw uh, a bear take its cub and just like put it in its mouth and climb the, climb the tree, right? Uh, but... I actually got stalked by a bear, and uh, I didn't, and I love to tell the tale. So fuck, that's scary, man. Um, but bear, the black bears are super scared of you, right? Yeah, there. yeah. Well, I've heard out of out of all the bears, they're the most docile. Oh god! If they're, they're if they've got a full belly, fucking scaredy cats. Pretty much smooch them on the top of the head. Yeah, they're they're scaredy cats. Um, the really the most annoying thing on the trail are the mice. They're stupid. Um, if you don't hang your food up every single night, mice will get into your bag. Um, so if you leave it, like sometimes you would leave a little like nature Valley nut bar in your bag and mice would just true, like drill a hole through your bag and get to it and just tear it up, take what they want and leave. Like you could even hang it up in the shelter. Like you hang it and it's like, it's like midair mice will jump to it. So you got to hang it from like a tree. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. Most of the time you hang it from a tree. So I hung my, I hung my food pretty much every night from a tree. Or um, sometimes we're very fortunate enough to have a bear box. Um, so each, so we pretty much shelter hopped. So every 15 to 20 miles, there's a shelter on the trail. Um, and each section of the trail is maintained by a trail club. And some trail clubs have more money than others. So sometimes at each shelter, there'll be a bear box. And you can, excuse me, you can open it up, throw your food in, clip it. And um, pretty much... You have, there's almost no chance of anything getting into those boxes. Um, but yeah, I have a few holes in my bag from mice getting into it. I remember I had grouse, I had grouse like come into my tent, like pecking at my bag. What is it? A grouse. What is that? Uh, it's a, are you familiar with like pheasants? It's yeah. not, it's not a pheasant. Um, but it's, it's, I would say it's the closest thing I can I can give you an example of. So it's a bird. It's a bird, yeah. Like I had, so like when I would set up my tent and I forgot to take this damn nut bar out of my bag and you like 
it comes up under my tent and it's going and I like flipped out because I was like oh fuck there's a bear in the tent and or like there's something like around the tent um, or a squirrel or something along those lines and I look and it's just like like feathers are left behind uh, and I'm like dead ass asleep at midnight so it like poked through your tent uh, so I had um, so a lot of people will have I had a tarp tent okay so um, most people will have like they put a frame on it and that frame is what keeps the tent. I have to stake down and and use my guy lines to create tension. Um, and I use my trekking poles as as my frame. Okay. And so I have probably a, like a little, from, let's call it a gap from like here to the ground. And like anything can just like come underneath it. Like I thought, ah. it, like at first I was like, ah, uh, it's a bear because there was a lot of movement. And I was like, oh, maybe it's a squirrel. And then I like... Like, from me to you, like, I'm sitting here sleeping, and I was like, man, that's a lot of noise right next to my head. Um, and I just, this was probably the last week on the trail, too. Um, but um, mice were super friendly. They would come up to you, and they'd want to know what you have. So, there. Did you ever feed them? No, you don't no. do that. You don't do that, man. <laughs> they just, they, they, re- they wreak havoc on hikers. Um, but... Do you, do you mind if we take a, a potty break? Yeah. Is, man, that, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I'll... Harry Potter reference. Love. Love. Are we back on? Yeah, we're back on. All right, cool. Have you guys seen a, you guys ever seen a League of Their Own? No. You've never seen a League of Their Own? No. Uh, well, anybody that's listening to this podcast, if you remember the scene uh, where Dugan uh, uh, goes in and introduces himself to the team for the first time, it's like one of the longest pisses and cinematic history and that's what i felt uh just happened in the so thanks for allowing me to take a break yeah that no was worries, really nice man. i've consumed usually, usually i'm the one that has to get up and pee yeah usually it's like uh i about a gallon of water every day so, right um if anything the trail taught me to hydrate so that was really nice yeah that's you probably didn't pee as much on the trail though because of how much you were sweating yeah you you yeah exactly i was very surprised at the amount of times that i didn't have to use the restroom uh, but yeah, just sweating uncontrollably some days was super annoying. Um, I was very fortunate. I did a lot of research before I bought my pack, which had... I, I enjoyed your setup video, by the way. Did, Honestly, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, it's gotten almost 2,000 views, which is the most surprising thing to me. Um, but that community just loves to just soak up as much content as possible. I probably watched... 20 different setup videos and I took some of the best ideas I thought from each one and I implemented it into my setup. And so if you guys go to that first video that I posted, uh, you'll be able to click a link and it'll show you everything that's in my pack. Um, I, I think I did click a few of those links too to like just peruse, like because it's websites, right? Like where yeah. you bought your stuff from. Yeah. And you can expect if anybody ever decides to do this, it's fucking crazy if you do. Um, I highly, I recommend it. But then I'm just like, would I do this again? Maybe, maybe not. I'm still kind of in that recovery you phase. You do it again. You, you, you're going to chase the high. Yeah, you're going to chase the high. It's, it's addicting. And yeah. When I left, I said I'm never hiking ever again. But now I'm just like, when is the next time I'm going to hike? It's the wilderness, man. Like, who doesn't? I don't know, man. I like the woods. I like to be in the woods. I don't get as much opportunity to go into the woods as I like to. But, yeah. like, it's, there's something like... Something in the air. You you belong there. You know what I mean? Like it just feels like you, you fit. You know, there's nobody out there to judge you. But you can expect to 
to have about $2,000 worth of gear if you ever decide to hike the Appalachian Trail. So uh, about a $2,000 initial cost and then about $1,000 a month for every month that you're out there. I could get a new squat rack with $2,000. I know you could. I know you could. <laughs> um, a nice one from like Elite FTS. I, I've thought about and like whenever I have my own place right now, um, my wife and I, we both are in graduate school at Western Kentucky. So we just have an apartment there, but I own a house here in Clarksville that I have rented out currently. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. It's, it, it's a good setup. I'm building some equity. Um, but I'm able, I know that we're, we're not going to be able to get a place of our own until about a year from now. So we're, we're just college students again. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I bet that feels cool. Yeah, uh, is it? I I went from making big boy money not to making big boy money. So I'm sure it's a it's a it's a good sacrifice. It is, yeah. Long term, it's it's going to be worth it for yeah. sure. Um, my wife's parents are paying for her college, so <laughs> thank you to my in laws if they ever watch this. I appreciate you guys. Um, so they isn't it? Isn't it the little things? It's the little things. The in laws <laughs> take care of her, and uh, Aaron Lee is inheriting my debt. So I appreciate my wife. Love you, Aaron Lee. <laughs> thanks for thanks for putting up with me. So you are working for the Boy Scouts of America. Not and anymore. no, 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 no. Okay. I'm saying like scenario wise. Yeah, got it, got it. So you're working for the Boy Scouts of America, and then you decide that like you want to finally hike the App- the Appalachian Trail. You, I think you've been saying it different than me. I don't, I don't want to sound like a loser. No, um, what was it that made you finally bite the bullet and what was going through your mind? Mm. Yeah. So before I even accepted the job to work for the Boy Scouts of America, I knew I was going to hike the Appalachian Trail. So I did about two years of prep work before actually um, setting a date. So about a year before I left, so let's say March the previous year, I, I, I sat and I committed to a date, which I changed the date, which is fine. Um, but I, I sat down and I committed to something, right? I said, I'm a through hiker. So the actions that preceded that were that I was going to, to commit to it fully. Uh, the hardest part was, is I was doing really well in my job. Like when I say really well, I mean like top, like you, you talk about top of your class and in, in anything I was, I, I like really just blew it out of the water and I had a really good relationship with my supervisor um, and before the end of the year, we were, you know, Boy Scouts sell popcorn, by the way, if you didn't know. Uh, yeah. It's, it's I, popcorn season. Go, I just bought some. Go buy from your uh, your local scout troop nearby. Uh, they're going to be at your Kroger's here soon. They, uh, they they got me. I walked out, and I was like, I think it was at Lowe's. Yeah. And I was like, I uh, he was like, you want to buy some popcorn? You know, they're so fucking cute, man, yeah. the, the Cub Scouts. And they were like, he was like, you want to buy some popcorn? I was like, buddy, I'm sorry. I don't have any cash. And he was like. We accept card. card. And I was like, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> so I, I bought some damn popcorn. So also part of those job responsibilities for working for the Boy Scouts is um, we're the ones that make sure that the popcorn gets to those locations. Right. So uh, if you've ever seen $3 million worth of popcorn, bless your heart because it's a lot of popcorn. Sounds like Or it. actually it might just be you know a little cup about this big. Depending on how much you're charging for popcorn, right? Right, yeah. Um, Better be some grade A like lemur poop popcorn or something. Three million dollars worth of popcorn, and I'm with my boss, and like I said, we have a really good relationship. And I sat down, and he he just asked me straight up. He said, "I know you want to hike the trail, 
He's like, when are you leaving me? I said, I'm going to leave you in February. And he's like, damn it. And just like, we just had a heart to heart. And he's like, man, you're one of my best workers. And I, I just sucks that you're leaving because when you leave, I have to like do your job and then find a replacement for you and blah, 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 blah. And, um, before I left, I had my performance appraisal and I had an exceeds and which is, um, the top 10% of employees. I'm just bragging on myself now, but I was, I really love that job. I love, I knew every day that I woke up, I was doing good to benefit, um, youth development programs uh, across the middle Tennessee area. So I just, I loved what I did. I, awesome, I still man. do. I would, I would go back and do it again in a heartbeat. Uh, but school's really important and it's part of my five-year plan that I need to, to, to get going. Get right. Done. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, the, the, to be able to say that you had a job that you felt fulfilled in is like, not a lot of people can do that. I, I you have know? not been in a job. No, well, I have not been in a job that I haven't been fulfilled in so far. So, Oh, you're I'm, lucky. I'm very lucky. I, uh, and both of them were nonprofits. So I think there is some, you know, I, I love the idea. Um, so again, I'm in, uh, to remind you of my degree, it's, uh, uh, an MBA of business data analytics. And I would love to help nonprofits better manage their data, but also help build predictive models to, to, just be more optimal in, right. in, in how they operate. And so I, it just doesn't pay the bills as much as what the private sector does, right? The private sector pays better. Of course. And I'm good at what I do. I say that often. I'm good at what I do. And I love the idea of going into the private sector and making enough money for my wife and I both. So my wife's in higher education, so she's not going to get paid a lot whenever she gets her master's. But uh, she'll be working in the university realm for the rest of her life. And we're always going to be at a university for the rest of our life. And university towns? Money. Yes. Oh, money. dude, trust me, man. I fucking... So I love Kentucky. I've um, discovered I, I, I absolutely love Kentucky. I'm, I'm okay with Kentucky, yeah. Dog, man. I, I talked shit on Kentucky for a very long time. Because we have Guthrie right here in Oak Grove. And those places suck, you know? Sure. And um, so I started competing and went to, like, <clears throat> Elizabethtown, went to Frankfurt, went to Lexington. You know, my coach lives in Versailles. Um, so we spent a lot of time in Kentucky. Yeah. And we're driving around Lexington. You know, that's where UK is. And we're staying at a, at a hotel and for our anniversary and... We really went up there to be able to train with our coaches because my mm -hmm. wife competes too. Mm -hmm. Brought home the first trophy of the uh, of the of the of the clan. You know what I mean? Yeah, third place women's LW novice lightweight yeah. lightweight lightweight novice. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah, first competition. Her? Yeah, wonderful. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so uh, but like we're driving around and like it's houses like they're nice like they're old, like. You know, like the New England style, like the you know, cobblestone homes, whatever. Sure. And they're not any bigger than what I have now, you know? So I'm like, how much do you think these houses are? And she's like, oh, you know, like college town, probably like $300,000, $400,000. Dog. A million fucking dollars for a house. College town. Maybe like 200 square feet bigger than this. College town. Dude. It's everything. I was like, so we will never live in Lexington. <laughs> it's I uh I have a friend like I said that lives out west and they're they're house hunting and their budget is a million dollars right now in Seattle right I mean that's that's just rough 
That's rough. Yeah, that doesn't get you a lot in Seattle, does it? No. Well, no. I mean, it gets you it gets you a respectable place, right? I mean, it it'll get you something like this. Yeah, a million dollars will will get you something like this. It's despicable. Is it? <laughs> it's despicable. Uh, but UK is is such like a, a cult following. I you know yeah. people are very proud of the universities that they come from. I went to Austin P and man. I just like talk Austin P up to everybody just because I love it so much. I, yeah, but the houses around there don't, don't cost that much at all. Oh, you'd be surprised. So I man it. So, uh, oh, you mean like up towards like the public library and stuff? There's some bigger houses that oh, way. Oh, I mean that too. Yeah, I mean that's Clarksville. It, that's like downtown Clarksville where a lot of money's at. That's where most. Yeah, of that's like the lawyers and stuff. Yeah, that's where that's where the big money's at. Um, my. Um, so my fraternity, um, we have a house over there, and I currently manage that asset. And um, it is right next to campus, Austin P. Have you have have you noticed that your home value's gone up by like thirty thousand dollars? My home value has gone up more than that. Yeah, when did yeah. you buy it? I bought this house in, in the past year. Sorry, two thousand eighteen. Okay, we actually just refinanced like two years ago, a year and a half ago, maybe not even that, for like one fifty five. Dog, I could tell, I could sell this bitch right now for like. 260 yep, yep. You're, you're, you're about right yeah um, what i was saying in the past year my like i only have like a like a, a three bed two bath uh, 1100 square foot and it's praising at like 200,000 i'll say that's around what this is like yeah. it's you know two it's or it's like just slightly under 2,000 square feet mm-hmm. and three bedroom two and a half bath because we have a bathroom up in the bonus you say room it's 2,000 what the 2,000 square feet slightly under it's like seventeen. Oh, I mean, literally, the difference between like twelve hundred and fourteen hundred is a huge difference. Like, you're oh man, you guys are fortunate enough to have got this when you did. If I could have gotten into the market four or five years ago, well, when we to. bought this house, it was pretty garbage. Was like, it? Yeah, someone was renting it out. It was a which you'd think it was an it was an E eight, you know. So you'd think like higher ranking NCO. Come on, Sar. Yeah, <laughs> but we walked in here to look at the place. There was like caked up dirty pyrex dishes in the in the sink and he let his dog scratch all the door frames and the yeah. fence is falling apart and all sorts of shit we haven't even gotten to the outside yet we've been focusing on the inside for the past three years yeah so this is this is my this is my baby right here this garage that's why it looks like garbage <laughs> you're fine man um but uh yeah we were we were gonna sell we were gonna, we were thinking about selling. It was it was a thought for like two weeks. We were, <laughs> we were looking around and like we could afford something you know bigger than this because we want something bigger. But like the houses are going so fast, we feared that we would move out of here and in with our in laws, and then we wouldn't find something that we wanted for like six months. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, I mean that's really what you're looking at. Is, yeah, is it? I uh, I bought in about a little over a year ago yeah. and houses didn't stay on the market for more than a day. Yeah. And it was nuts. Like I wanted, like I had a very, I, my, I, I thought my requests were pretty reasonable. Um, and I was like, okay. And I had like three hits and all within like a 15 hour period. What are you looking what at? What the fuck? Uh, where did that bug come from? I don't know. That's weird. I mean, bugs are pretty normal, aren't they? Bugs are normal, but uh, two I'm, hours, I'm two sorry, hours into this thing. Oh no, hour and a half. I'm sorry. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, I, time flies when you're having fun. Um, man, I'm just so used to bugs at this point. I'm not like no bug. Oh, my son collects bugs. Does he? It was just weird that it came out of the woodworks. So 
We've got ladybugs and superworms on the on the oh, counter right now. I hate I, I hate those like Japanese beetles that look like ladybugs. Those things just smell absolutely terrible. Do you know, they? You know what I'm talking about? Nope. Um, so I can't tell the difference. So yeah, so there's these Japanese beetles, and what they do is they like they go to a location and they'll like spread a pheromone, and it attracts. Like if you ever notice, like in the corner with a ton of ladybugs, yeah, those are Japanese beetles. Those are not ladybugs. No. If so, if you see like a conglomerate of them, I mean, man, they just smell absolutely terrible. I remember um, I lived in Charlotte, Tennessee, which is in Dixon County, okay. and the house that we lived in had these like ladybug type Japanese beetles, uh, and it was they just infested the whole entire house, and all I can smell like just like to this day. It, like I can just smell them. What does it smell like? Uh, I can't. I can't describe it. Um, think like you. You ever. Uh, you ever had a stink bug? You know what a stink bug smells like? Yeah. Take, um, I think. Maybe. Take that. Mix it with some alcohol, and it's just like. It's just. It hurts. Have you ever smelled an ant after you squished it? Yeah, I would does say it smell like, like that. I would say yes, but your entire house smells like that if you let oh. it. If you let it get infested. Yeah, we had an ant problem. A year back or so, and uh, we called Moxie, and they sprayed and everything, and Moxie. We were still getting ants. Yeah. So you know what I did? I went and bought a fucking ant trap, put it on my counter. Oh, man. And they just and destroy dead. it. They're, yeah. They're dead. Yeah. And they don't come did back. Did you use the liquid one? No, it was uh, one of those little house ones, you know, like a little, little tray. I just put it on the counter overnight, and I put some ketchup on, the, like, a little dot of ketchup next to it mm-hmm. so that they would come there, and they'd be like, oh, shit, look at this thing. Mm-hmm. And then... There's there's this one uh, if you ever get a chance to it's a liquid one and they'll it's think of uh, it has an entrance and an exit and there's they they take the liquid back to their their nest that's what they do with the ant trap that I got yeah 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 and they and it just kills them all yes it's beautiful it's it's amazing yeah Yeah. Uh, so you were saying you didn't feel like your requests were too big for when you bought your house. Yeah, I mean, I it was I was just looking for a t- three bed, two bath, right? Uh, twelve hundred square foot, or at least around twelve hundred square foot. Um, I was just trying to get into the market as soon as possible because I had just a gut feeling that Clarksville was going to continue to boom like it has over yeah. over the past you know seven years. You know, and I think twenty fifteen it was rated it was. Um, named the fastest growing city in the United States. Isn't that crazy? Did you see the Money Magazine article that came out last yeah. year where it's the number one place to live in the United States? I And I think there's multiple factors that go into that. I'm not sure what the study um, concluded, but uh, this place has just been popping. Yeah. And I We're just, about to get an Amazon Fulfillment Center. Yeah, I mean, that's a big, that's a big fucking deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, we already have Google. Um, no one ever talks about Google. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's, I have the old Hemlock property. It is, and Hemlock was just pff, Hemlock Semiconductor. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's just, that just a mess. It's got its own building. It does. That's about what's left of it. Yeah, I don't even think that... There used to be a Hemlock building on APSU's campus. Did they take it down? I, th- I think they just renamed it to, to something else. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I don't think it's Hemlock Semiconductor anymore, Ooh. Hemlock building. Yeah, it was still Hemlock when I was there. Yeah. Did you go to Austin P? For three semesters. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Wasn't for me. That's all right. <laughs> I, really, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, I love I love college. I believe in what it does, and I think if I had the mindset then that I do now, sure, I probably would have gotten through a little bit easier. Yeah. But like, you know how doing hard shit in your life makes you more focused. I never done anything hard. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
now I purposely put myself through difficult, hard shit. Because yeah. I, I do, I do believe that there's a certain aspect of life where you have to suffer to make you appreciate like not suffering. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I haven't hit that yet, but I'm. I'll suffer eventually. I'm not sure when or where. So you didn't suffer at all in the Appalachian Trail. I would, uh, like I said, I had, I, I was going crazy towards the end. That last month was just really tough on me. But I, you I, had trials and tribulations, and you came out learning from that experience. Yeah, I just, I, I don't think I've ever had any. I, I can, you know, I can say this with, like, I'm very thankful, but I've also never had any like mental health issues. And of course, I think, yeah, and yeah. I think being on the trail, I can't believe something that like I invested into like gave me issues that I just didn't know how to deal with at the time. Right. And I think now that I'm back, I mean, I, I'm still recovering, but I, I, I can't help. Like I just constantly worry. Like, I think I'm more worried now. Like I don't ever want to experience that ever again because man, was it, it just, it just hurt. It, it was tough. Really? Yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like self. I, I guess you can call it self-induced because it was it was my decision to go out there, right? Um, but maybe it maybe it had something to do with my diet. Maybe it had something to do with um, the amount of energy that I was exerting. I don't I don't know. I can't I can't put a finger on it. All I know is I wanted to get out of there as quickly as possible. Um, but I knew that I wasn't going to leave until August first, right? So. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough, man. That is rough. Uh, I've been fortunate enough myself that I haven't necessarily gone through any serious mental health issues. I had like a bout of depression for like a couple months, you know. Sure. It wasn't like that, like lay in bed type of depression. I was just angry all the time, mm -hmm. you know. And I think that was more just like I was unhappy with myself, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, it is a weird feeling, like to see what can like pull you out of a situation like that, like mentally. I don't know. I would imagine out there on the trail there, like you realize like a lot of stuff about yourself. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't really know what, I mean, I, you know, one thing I was, I, I often asked myself and I said, why aren't there like more people of color out here? Um, and I started referring to, to hiking as like an enlightened activity. Um, like how am I fortunate so fortunate enough to be a part of this experience and why is there a certain community that's underrepresented out here and maybe it's I often think like I want to be the person that gives people the opportunity to do the things that they didn't know that they could do um, and I don't know if that's indirectly through the work that I do or through volunteerism or I just want to be not only the best version of myself as possible, right? I think that's a given, and I think that's something that we should work towards. But um, people are, are are a part of our lives, and I think that we should build relationships and keep those relationships and cherish those relationships because what is life without, you know, co-meaning? Like, right, uh, I often say that um, culture cannot be created it can only be co-created right okay um like we can't create culture it can only like you can only expand upon it you can only without you and one other person interacting we can't we can't 
like have meaning to something right so because culture is bouncing ideas off of each other right and and it's implementing what you think is the right thing to do in that moment for uh, a specific time place what have you um, without going too deep like we can't exist without people and, right um i really if i see an opportunity where i I'm able to help somebody or I'm able to have an opportunity like this. I want to take it because people are important. And I don't know. I, th- I think that's the biggest thing I learned about myself is like, I can't like, I can't have a good life without people around me. And I'm super fortunate to have a super patient wife, Aaron Lee, love you, babe. If you're listening, um, she like, we just got married in October and then I left in March. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And we're getting remarried in less than a month. Like having like a ceremony? Yeah, yeah, yeah with, with friends and family so everybody <clears throat> can uh, celebrate with us. But almost been married a year now. Actually, I need to make some phone calls because people have an RSVP'd. Whoops. <laughs> uh, okay, need to, need to prioritize that. Um, yeah, plenty of wedding is stressful. I can't. Yeah. Well, I told her. I said I want. I, I told her I was gone. I was like, I I want nothing to do with the planning of this wedding. Like, right. Tell me when to be there. Yeah. And, I, and I'll be there. So. Yeah. So I was pretty fortunate on that myself. You know, like when me and my wife got married, <clears throat> I'd actually bought the ring, and then two about two and a half weeks, two weeks later, she was like, "Hey, I'm pregnant." I was like. Well, good thing I was going to propose to you anyway. <laughs> so nice. um, we just kind of sped up the wedding. Yeah. You know, it was like, all right, we're, we were going to wait a year and like, we're going to do like the big, like, you know, rent out old glory distillery, like ballroom, yeah. whatever. And I worked there. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I know. Oh. The, I know. I know the owners well. Yeah. Really? Yeah. The Cunninghams are, I, I would call them friends. I'd been, I've been meaning to go on a tour of that place. Yeah. Do it, man. If you can, uh, I was about to say there's. I think there's like coupons out there for free tours if you can find one. Yeah. They'll do free tastings too. Have you ever been up to uh, Frankfurt area where they have the Buffalo Trace Distillery? Mm-mm. No, I can't say. I've gone twice now and I ha- I just couldn't make it up there. Like, what do you mean couldn't make like it up there? Like up to Frankfurt, like that area? Yeah, I haven't. I've, I've only been to like probably only Bowling Green. Yeah. Oh really? No, I haven't gone too far. I have some family in Elizabethtown, but I've never actually gone to go see them. Maybe once as a child. But. Yeah, Elizabethtown's like a smaller Clarksville. Is there, <laughs> you think so? Yeah, it's it's interesting to see like when you go to different towns mm-hmm. that are mid size. You're like you drive on a seven lane road, and you're like, oh, there's Wilma. You know, like it's 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 weird to relate it back. It's just kind of like. <clears throat> Those towns are the same. The scenery is just different. Sure. You know. I mean, Clarksville's the fifth largest in the state. Actually, I think fifth or sixth. Maybe right. it's because I'm a native that I'm just kind of like. Yeah, Clarksville's huge, man. It's just normal to me. Yeah. You know. Yeah, there's like, a lot of people here. Yeah, there is. There is a lot, and it's um, it's a bit frustrating mm-hmm. because we weren't necessarily built with the foresight. Yeah, there's no there's no infrastructure in place. Yeah, no. so everything is being built as as we speak. Yeah, like as we're talking. They're building right that arena moment. downtown. Uh, I actually know the man that's in charge of that project. Yeah, he, he was one of my volunteers for the Boy Scouts. Uh, I believe the company is Skanska, and uh, the man's name is Adam. Adam is a good guy. Adam, I doubt you're listening to this. I'm really good friends with his <laughs> wife, though. His wife uh, was one of my big volunteers. And, yeah, um, he takes a lot of pride in the project, and it's kind of like. 
the one thing that he's focused on, but um, we we know it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna benefit the city really well. I'm excited for it because I'm I'm for one I'm not a fan of Nashville. I don't sure. like I don't like to drive in Nashville. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a city person. I, you know well, I I am. Oof. I don't like crowds. Really, I'm not a crowd person, man. It's especially since I got kids, it's overwhelming to me. Sure, to keep track of my kids in a crowd. Worrying about strangers that I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, it's. I I th- I think I'm, I think we can agree on that. I'm not a crowd person. I am a city person though. I'm not a city person, man. It's it's just, I like, if if I could buy a house over again, I'd buy a house where I can't see my neighbors. Got it. You know, like, I like to stay to myself. Like like you're you're a people person. I'm very much a like. Uh, I'd rather stay inside and read or play the game or listen to music or yep. lift or whatever. Um, I don't know. I just get like uh, overwhelmed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I am excited. I'm excited for the arena because you know there's going to be stuff going on here, and I don't have to drive. I don't have to find a sitter for the kids overnight and drive all the way up to Nashville. Uh, you I, know, I think Clarksville has everything you need. Yeah, yeah. It, it will soon. It will. You know, and it's but it's also one of those things where because I'm a native, I'm I'm doing all this stuff as it pops up. So it's kind of like. Well, there's not a whole lot to do still, you know, so... We're getting there. Yeah. You ever go to a jazz on the lawn? Dude, I was going to jazz on the lawn while you were still in your mom's belly. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that much older than you, but, like, I was going on a jazz on the lawn. I think I was, like, four the first time. Oh, yeah. Kid, I was about to say, I, I remember I went in high school one time, and I was like, man, for, like... Seniors in high school, we should probably not be here doing yeah. the things that we're doing. This isn't cool. <laughs> this is it not... Was, it's. I mean, it's cool. It is really the cool. Live, the live music is is fun enough, but like that's another one of those things where like it's crowd. Yeah, it's crowd. you know, I, one one of the things that I liked about living in northern New York was the state funded facilities were a lot better than here. Yeah, you know, like it just kind of seemed like even if you didn't have a job, there was always something to do. You know, like. They had skate parks all over the place, so you had a place to skate where you weren't going to have the cops, you know, harassing you. Yeah. You know, you there was trails to hike everywhere, you know, and you were right next to Lake Ontario, so you could go walk the beach and, you know, ha- you have the lake there. And <clears throat> in the wintertime, it snows, <clears throat> so you could do all the snow activities that are there, like, you know, snowboarding, sledding, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was a lot more fun. It seemed a lot more laid back. Clarksville's so spread out too. Clarksville is very spread out. Yeah. yeah, like I pretty much exist <clears throat> on this side of town. Yeah, you know between exit one and exit four. You know, I'm going out to exit eleven sometimes. I used to live over at exit by exit eleven. Um, that's where my first apartment was, mm-hmm. and I, I miss living on that side of town. It's very quiet over there. It it's, is. Yeah. Exit I, one and four is busy. You said what? I said exit one and four are busy. Dog, man, I can't. All the construction going up around here. They're widening Tyler Town. It's. Yeah. I'm I'm fortunate enough to not have my backyard up against Tallertown because they're taking their backyards and like they have to relocate their fences. Yeah, yeah. I'm tracking. I uh, I have a my house is over off of uh, the intersection of 101st, <clears throat> uh, 101st and Peachers. Okay. So I'm close to like Kenwood area. Yeah, like go past Kenwood. Yeah, right past it. So it's a, I think that it's also a really nice part of town because you're actually closer to some of the things where you can like go outside. You're close to that big park. 
Yeah. What, what is it? I don't even know what the park's called. Um, I don't even know. But like, there's more. I think there's more stuff to do between that area than there is, um, let's say exit one, exit four area, right? Yeah. I mean, you're right. You're stuck between Fort Campbell and you know Wilmer Rudolph. And, yeah. You know, it's just super busy. People are driving a lot more aggressively now too. Are they? Yeah. Dead. I almost got ran off the road today mm-hmm. with my son in the car. It was a dude in like a Motime truck or something like that, and there's that turn from Wilmer to Oakland. Where like you have to merge if you're in. I know exactly lane. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I guess he decided he didn't want to let me over, even though I was in front of him. Like the order would have been like I do slide in front of him, but he slammed on his gas, so I slammed on my gas, mm-hmm. and then like I'm looking at these three guys in this bench seat, and I'm like, "This is really what you're about to fucking do right now," yeah. and um, they were trying to like veer me off the side of the road and luckily like I slid in front of this charger and I was waiting for him like follow me you know I'm sure I'm always waiting for that because it's not the first time that I've had some asshole try to like cut me off and I used to be a much more passive driver but people are just starting to piss me off yeah. you know where it's like I'm a very passive driver I, I, I generally I am except for on that turn hmm. like I you know I stay a couple like a car length back and if someone hits their brakes it doesn't matter how far back I am I'll hit my brakes you know, I'll let people go and a turn, whatever. Mm-hmm. Something about that one turn, man, really like just irks you. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, because I I enjoy that windy road because there's a there's a there's a part in that road where the trees hang over the road. Yeah, and you kind of like you don't see houses, you don't see power lines, just the road and the trees, and it's really nice. Yeah, but I it, now that I was about to say, I mean, if, now that you're a dad, you're probably more cognizant of. Of people's driving, right? I am. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> but I also know that people aren't going to wreck their cars. You know? Of course. Right. So no, nobody wants to <laughs> damage an asset. Yeah. A continuously depreciating asset at that. Yeah. You're telling me, man. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I, I'm fortunate enough to have one of my cars paid off. So it's just good for you, man. Good for I, you. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm sure you're, you seem like the kind of guy to do it too. Where like, you got to stop for a second. You got to count how, like count your blessings, like how fortunate your life is yeah. every day. That's, that's what my journal is. I just, it's just a gratitude journal. I just say what I'm thankful for every day. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Sometimes I include like very specific events or memories, but most of the time it's, I'm thankful for this today. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. Yeah. Yeah. And I have days too, where I'm like, I'm at work and like, it's a rough day at work. Like, my name was being called over the radio by 50 different people at a time. And yeah. then I'm like, man, I just, I just need to hug my kids. You know, when I, when I get to my kids and my four-year-old runs up to me and he hugs me right here. And then I pick up my one-year-old and he gives me like the littlest, like fucking hug, like, like, like a little tiny hug. And I'm like, oh, dude, this, this is, is what I needed. This is exactly what I needed right now. Like, yeah. And then we get in the car and... Dad, why is the sky blue? Because the ocean reflects off the off the the sun. Refraction, you know? buddy. And he's well. Why? Why does it do that, dude? I don't know, man. I, like, I, try, <laughs> I try my best to like answer all the questions. So, also, you know, I uh, I'm not a dad. I can't say that I understand what it's like to be a father. But um, we were all kids at once, right? Yeah. And I I was listening to I think I heard this commercial from the YMCA the other day. I'm not a religious individual, but I thought it was just a brilliant commercial. Um, and I think the premise of it was, uh, if I can, hopefully I do this justice. It was when you don't know the answer, like to a question, um, and your kid asks you a question, like, 
you know, I don't know, like you tell them like, Hey, I don't know the answer to this question. Let's find out together. Right. And I loved, I loved hearing that because, you know, as a kid, you were probably told, I don't know, figure it out. When I was in sixth grade, I got told, I don't have time for your stupid questions Mm, because I asked if the earth spins so fast, how come it doesn't go night, day, night, day, night, day, night, day. And Mrs. Miss Durrett. Oh, I remember Miss Durrett. Yeah, yeah, that was my sixth grade science teacher. Okay. I don't have time for your stupid questions right now. Miss mm. Durrett. It took me a minute to remember, to like to think about like, the earth is so fucking big that it literally takes 24 hours to, despite it being the fastest moving object that we like, can, that we're on, you know, mm-hmm. and it just so big it takes 24 hours it's not uh the worst question i've ever heard yeah um who's my sixth grade science teacher uh, miss mr nato I, I vaguely remember that yeah guy. yeah he was yeah coach nato he was coach nato yes coach nato yeah yep black black mustache yeah black yep. mustache really yeah kind of yeah kind of creepy Yep. Yeah, I doubt he's ever going to watch this. Um, <laughs> I don't fuck that guy. Kind of creepy, but um, I, I remember, and then he came over, to, I think he was a coach at the high school with one other coach, and I, I think he was my golf coach, too. I don't know. Can't I think so. I think he was the golf coach. Yeah. I didn't really take it seriously. I just kind of did it because I thought it would be cool to take up golf, which I still think it's cool to take up golf. I would totally get into it if I had time to, to go. <laughs> I mean, like, everybody says if you if you take up golf, like you got to do it every day. And they're like, yeah. also don't do it every day because you're just going to get addicted to it. Yeah. So. Um, no, man. When my son, he asks a lot of questions. And like, if I'm not driving <laughs> when he asks me the questions, generally I'll be like, I don't know, man, but like I'll Google it for you, you know. Um, but right now he wants to be like an entomologist cool. when he grows up. Yeah, that's a very specific thing. He told me he wanted to study bees when he grew up. I like it. And I was like, "So you want to be an entomologist?" And he was like, "Well, what is that?" I said, "They they study bugs." He was like, "Yes." So have you thought about getting him his own like bee farm? Uh, no, I'm not ready for that yet. You're not ready for that? <laughs> I'm not ready for that. Gonna, yeah. we're, we're sticking to, we have a shadow box with bugs pinned up in it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, and he has a, um Autobahn Society okay. uh, bug guide, okay. you know, insect guide. Um, and uh, we'll go out to the woods, which I hate to admit, but it's been a lot longer than it should have been since we've been out to the woods. Sure. I wish I could say the same. Um, <laughs> it's it's been a while since we've been out to the woods, but we'll go out there and we'll like take pictures of bugs and we'll try to like identify them like right there, mm-hmm. based on like the you know what it looks like. And sometimes we find it, sometimes we don't. But like we found um, a woolly bear, moth caterpillar mm-hmm. out in the backyard. We found like five of them. Yeah. So we're like, oh cool, those are woolly bear moths. Didn't even know that those existed. Yeah. You know, that's so, really cool. Yeah, it's it's a fun time. You know, like. Curiosity is so much, so much fun, especially yeah. when they have curiosity. Yeah, right? yeah. Like anybody who says that, like being a parent isn't fun, they're just not doing it right. Yeah. Honestly, like dead ass. Like I get it. Sometimes you don't have time, like to do certain things, and that sucks. And like you're tired, or like maybe even you're a single parent. But like I know single parents that have a lot of fun with their kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just have to like if if. <sighs> My biggest thing is when he's like, Daddy, keep playing with me. And I'm like, Definitely maybe. Like, yeah, bud. What do you want to play? Well, I want to play Monster Trucks. Well, we play Monster Trucks like 
six fucking times this week. But it doesn't matter because he wants to play monster trucks. Yeah. You know, so like if you get past that initial like I don't want to do that, then like you end up having fun. You forget your phone exists, like that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, it just it frustrates me to no end when like there was there was this chick in my work a couple of years back when we first started up the line and she you know my one of my friends doesn't have kids and she was like oh trust me when you have kids you're gonna want to drink man and i'm like why does being a parent make you want to drink are you you that you suck that bad at it mm, like tough, tough. yeah it's just kind of like tough. like I, I kept my mouth shut i'm not a confrontational person sure this is like eric my soul like what example are you setting for your kids you know but that's also, not also, also not here to judge. Not here to <laughs> that's, judge. That's neither here nor there. So yeah. So speaking of not being a, a, a judgy person, uh, does it ever frustrate you when someone says that like they want to hike the Appalachian Trail, but they're not necessarily making any steps to do it? Like if someone's like like I would, like you hiked before the Appalachian Trail. No, you no, didn't. Never. Really? Well, so you, maybe maybe when I was in Scouts, but it was probably the last time. So you just dove into it. Yeah. I just okay, into but it. you did it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Does it ever frustrate you when someone's like, "Oh man, I," you know, "Yeah, I was gonna hide the Appalachian Trail, but I decided not." You know, like, have you ever run into any of those guys? You know, I, I don't. There's a lot of people that I was hiking the trail with, and there's this common phrase that we have on the trail. Um, it's it's more annoying than it is anything. It just it's called hike your own hike. And I think the whole premise of that paradigm is that no matter what somebody is going through, no matter what their decision is, no matter if they decide to get off the trail for five months and then come back out and finish it up, I think you don't judge people for the decisions that they make. So I can't say I've ever been frustrated with anybody. Maybe the people that are just hyperbolic about their... So like there's this guy, his name was... Uh, Houdini. I doubt he's ever going to watch this. If he does, he deserves to hear it. Uh, <laughs> Houdini, um, you know, would always he would always talk about how he would do big miles. He's like, man, I'm going to do 34 miles today. Why are you in the same spot I am in? Like, why are you with me right now? Because I only did 15 today. Yeah. Like, and it just didn't make sense. Like, you know, sometimes he would have big days and he would get ahead and then he would take, you know, a couple days off and then we'd catch up and um, so it never frustrated, to answer your question, it never frustrated me when somebody said, Hey, I'm going to go hike the Appalachian trail. And then they like, didn't do it or they didn't commit to it. I think people entertaining the idea is so important because that's the first step. You have to entertain the idea. And some people I met, you know, picked up and within a five month period and decided to hike. I know some people that have been planning for five years, 10 years. I mean, for me, it was two. I think the average is about two. Um, but what frustrates me the most is when people don't respect the idea of hike your own hike, right? When people say, you know, for me, I, I respected the people that they would hike 20 to 30 miles in a day and they would take two or three days off. You know, they would hike 20, they would hike 25, 25, 25, 25, 25, and they would take long breaks. Whereas I would hike 15, 15, 15, 15, and I might take a day off every two weeks or so. Okay. Right. So I, you know, people are, you know, full of shit sometimes. And I, I respect the people that make an honest effort and that truly care about the experience and what they want to get out of it. And I don't, I went out there 
not looking to get out of it other than I wanted to, to, to challenge myself. That's why right. I went out there. But you realize one of the things that I realized was like, it wasn't about, it wasn't about completing the trail for me. It was about spending time with the people that I really cared about and enjoying the experience with the people that I really um, admired and will probably be some of my best friends for the rest of my life. So that's awesome, man. Those guys are super incredible, you know, and we all, we, we joked around, we called ourselves the cripple crew plus Coco, which that was me because I was the only one without like a major ailment. Um, we had somebody in their, in their teens, we had somebody in their twenties, their thirties, their forties, fifties, and sixties. Wow. Our group. So none of like, you would assume that you would coagulate with people your own age, but that definitely wasn't the case with our group. Life's interesting like that when you become an adult. Mm-hmm. Like, you make friends with people who are a lot older than you, mm-hmm. and uh, age just doesn't really seem to matter after a certain point. One of my best friends, he's the the assistant dean of students at Austin P. One of my best friends. Uh, 54. Jesus. I spend Christmas with him every year. That's so, awesome. I mean... Super, super good friend. Yeah. And, um, yeah, age doesn't matter, especially when you're... When what you're looking for isn't proximity, you're looking for, like, like genuine conversation and, like, people are, that are able to be themselves, right? Because in, in high school, like, we, we coagulate with people that are like-minded because they're, they're proximate. They're, they're yeah. close. They're close. and. Uh, they may not have been the best influences, right? I, uh, I don't think I surrounded myself with too many like questionable folks in high school. I think I, I would have considered you a questionable folk. Yeah. Um, yep. I don't think there's any problem with that. I mean, people grow up and you know, yeah, yeah. one thing I, I was sitting here talking about the other day, um, one of the guys that was in his teens, um, before I left, left the trail, he's like, man, all these people from high school, they're doing X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, man, five years from now, everybody's going to be doing something different. And people are yeah. all going to change. Like, even you. Like, you're you're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, I've changed a lot. Yeah. And um, I don't put it past anybody to, to make life-changing efforts to better themselves. And I look forward to, to seeing other people's successes. I think that's the other thing is, like, you appreciate other people winning. Like... Yes. I love seeing people win. Like yeah. Winning in their own way, right? It, it can be, you know, paying off, you know, paying off all of their debt. Like, that's a huge win. Like, yeah. People in debt, yeah, almost guaranteed in this world is people being in debt. I mean, even I'm in debt, just student loans, though. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty financially stable, which is nice, <laughs> even in college and making dirt. Isn't that nice to say, though? You're like, I don't really got to worry about my next bill. I know that's going to be paid. Yeah, it's so nice. Um, I think there's so much, you know, we talk about, uh, if you ever listen to a Dave Ramsey course, financial freedom and being financially free, um, it's what everybody's goal is towards, right? Um, and, you know, people say, well, money can't buy happiness. Well, yeah, it can. Yeah, it, can. It, it, it can buy happiness, right? It can, it can buy you your time. It can buy you your peace of mind. Yeah, like you have time for the things that you want to do and you're not stressing yourself out. That's why, like, working is so important. And finding something that you enjoy is super important because you're not going to have that, that, that freedom until you're financially free, right? Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, of course, you have hobbies and activities. And I think those are super important to just having a balanced life. And uh, I think balance is what we all strive for. Right. I think it's cool. It's cool stuff. Yeah. I love when people prove me wrong. You know, when yeah. like, maybe I'm being a shithead and I look at like, 
something someone's doing and I'm like, well, I, I hope they, I hope they complete it. But like, I have my doubts, yeah. you know, but then like they do it, they do, you they, know? do they do the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I make sure that like, if I see somebody doing fucking awesome, I'm like, Hey, like, I'm, I'm proud of you. Like, that's awesome. Like, I'm like the fact that you set out to do whatever, like whatever it is that you said you were going to do, like, cool. And the wise words of Eminem, when you say you're going to do something, you do it. Don't yeah. give a damn what you think. I'm doing this for me. Let's feed the world beans. It's gassed up because I am what I set out to be without a doubt, undoubtedly. Um, I love I love Eminem. Uh, a lyricist, if you will. I listen to a bunch of old music, so I, you know. Is Eminem old? Oh, God. Eminem's old. Oh, damn. No, no. Well, I don't listen to, I don't listen to Eminem. I don't okay. listen to Eminem. But like, I, I used to. I, I listened to Eminem for a while. but Yeah. Yeah. But... You about ready to wrap this up, man? Yeah, man. What's what, what's our time here? Two hours. Holy shit! Is yeah. that is that good time? Yeah, that's about average. Oh, nice. My longest is like I think I sat with. Uh, remember Manny? Manny, yeah. big tall Puerto Rican guy. Uh, Rosario. Yeah. Manny, yeah. Yeah, four hours. Really? Yeah. Nuts. Antonio Ortega, four hours. Jose's brother. Jose's brother. Yeah. yeah. Owns his own tattoo shop. Yeah. Yeah. Is he doing well? Yeah, he's doing fucking awesome. Good. good I I'm, I appreciated the fact that he took time out of his schedule to come talk to me because he's booked up until end of next month, I think. Whoever, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Good for him. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Good for yeah. him. So, but uh, yeah, about average. This was a great conversation, man. I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you drove down here because uh, I'm in Clarksville all the time. I actually have a doctor's appointment in Clarksville tomorrow, so I'm just gonna go stay at my. At my mother's place. And oh, good. I was worried about you having no, to drive no, back. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, I'm just going to go stay with my mother's, and then I have a doctor's appointment here in Clarksville tomorrow. Awesome. And a dentist appointment, I think. So I try to... I'm going to go get tested for... Uh, for uh, oh, what's it called? Um, make sure I don't have Lyme's disease. So I'm going to ask for oh, a gotcha. Lyme disease test. Yeah. Just to be on the cautious end, because um, you know, some people, if you don't get it taken care of early, then it just ruins your digestive tract for almost the rest of your life, if I'm not mistaken. So <laughs> that's terrible. Trying to, uh, trying to make sure I take care of that now. Yeah, but that's probably good. I appreciate you having me here and uh, always willing to, if anybody wants to know anything about the Appalachian Trail, if you're interested, hit me up. I'm always willing to talk about it and help people. Uh, Go ahead and plug your YouTube channel. And- yeah, uh, my trail name was Coco, so you can uh, um, check out any of my videos uh, on YouTube, Coco Cross Country. Um, I thought the first few were a little bit boring after I rewatched them. So, uh, they start getting better towards the middle <laughs> and, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Awesome, man. It's Appreciate great, you, brother. Man. Great having you.